0: To the Hear Smith podcast live from the vault. Uh, it's great to be here today. Uh, you know, we're living in such a crazy world. This is supposed to be uh, a raw and unfiltered look at the world of entrepreneurship, business, and the absurdity of modern life. Uh, circumstances as of late have made that last part, the absurdity of modern life, kind of the focus of what we've been talking about a lot. And, um, and today is no different. It's been one hell of a, a week the last couple of days. And, um, you know, everyone's probably aware of the George Floyd situation and um, what's going on in our country and has been going on for years and years. Um, and, <clears throat> pardon me. You know, when I think about when I look back on my past and and think about like when I was coming up, you know, a '90s kid, if you would have told me that black dudes were still getting murdered by cops in the year 2020, I would have thought you were fucking crazy. Because um, you would have just thought that we would have progressed. You know, when I thought about 2020 in the '90s, I thought, oh man, we're gonna have flying cars and freaking who knows what, right? Like smart crazy homes, you know, you just walk in, everything turns on and starts making your, your tasty adult beverage for the end of the night or whatever. And you walk in the door and here we are in 2020 and still dealing with the same bullshit that we've been dealing with for centuries. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I I honestly, like, um, I, I'm so, overwhelmed by everything that's going on i don't even know where to begin but let me start by this i want to introduce my my co-host and entrepreneur extraordinaire deandre dow how you doing deandre i'm blessed man i'm alive and free so i'm winning there you go i like it i like it good to have uh, you here and um, i'm excited too today because we have uh mark neal from uh, onyx training group Mark is going to give us a really interesting perspective on this. Mark is a former Fort Collins PD, I believe, uh, police yes. officer. Yes, sir. And um, since leaving the force, Mark started Onyx Training Group to help police departments um, train their, employee, their, their officers in um, a lot of different things. But one of them being diversity training and obviously also SWAT and tactical training as well certainly an interesting combination. So I'm excited to have you join us, Mark. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming in and, uh, definitely looking forward to having a freewheeling, uh, discussion here and just, you know, I I think we all got perspectives and, uh, I want to hear everybody's perspective and, you know, we like to keep it real on the life in the vault podcast. So, um, you know, make sure your kiddos are on lockdown because, uh, (laughs) shit's going to get real. Um, so where to begin? I mean, it's tough. It's it, I, I just like, I'm so overwhelmed and I know this isn't the greatest uh, uh, way to start off the podcast, but I just cannot believe that we're in this situation that we are in and, and this is still happening at this time in our lives. And, and DeAndre, you know, um, as a black man, I want to get your perspective on this. And I want to give you the opportunity to kind of speak on what, what you're feeling right now. And, And what everything that's going on, the reaction to it, um, and kind of as this kind of, you know, obviously all the protests and all that stuff moves through our society. And um, I
2: I really want to hear your perspective on what you're feeling right now, man. Off top, Chad, I just want to send my condolences to uh, George Floyd, his immediate friends and family, and everybody else that's been directly affected by this loss. And, um, you know, may peace and blessings be upon y'all. I wish y'all nothing but wellness and comfort moving forward. Um, it's an unfortunate situation. What's even more unfortunate is the fact that this is nothing new to me. Right. This comes as no surprise. I've seen this movie before. It's nothing but a rerun. Yeah, So every day is different. I feel indifferent at times, right? That's why we're having this conversation and everything. I look forward to everything I want. You know, just gain from everybody's perspective. But I think it's clear as far as on this side of America what the vibe is like right now. So I really came here to listen today. When I heard about our special guest uh being in law enforcement, I was like, I wanna gain from his perspective. And I wanna be, I wanna take responsibility in my evolution as a man. I wanna set an example to where we can have real life dialogue and conversation and leave with our heads held high with respect. Absolutely. Yeah. That's obviously that we're all about that. Right. Right. Like, um,
0: want to have open and honest conversations. Cause honestly, like if people are trying to dance around shit and trying to, you know, um, be overly sensitive. I mean, obviously we got to be sensitive to people and all that stuff. But I think as, Grown ass men all here together sitting in this room. We can have a real conversation about the things we're feeling and, um, and, and our opinions on that subject. And, uh, and, you know, not, not, not so much worry, you know, to have it take it as an opportunity. I like that attitude, man. It's like, you take it as an opportunity to learn something we didn't know, you know? And I think Mark, you have a really unique perspective because, um, you know, you, we were just talking a little bit about your background and how you grew up and, you know, going from inside the law enforcement world, you know, and then coming back out of it and then trying to give back to that community by helping um, sort of bridge that and maybe mend that relationship that officers have with people of color. You have a really unique perspective, um, you know, as this news
1: came down, you know, what were kind of the first thoughts running through your mind? <clears throat> Well, um, I'm gonna tell you this. You say you know, as a 90s kid, you know, you wonder uh, I got into policing in 92. So if you had told me that in 2020 we were still going to be revisiting the same things that had been happening in law enforcement when I got in it 27, 28 years later, yeah. I'd have had the same confused, bewildered, mystified perspective you have yeah and I do right so um you know a little bit about me is you know growing up I grew up in San Francisco right I'm biracial so you know I get the best and the worst of both worlds I don't really fit anywhere right Right. I fit everywhere but nowhere um you know my size I fit places because everybody wanted me on their team growing (laughs) up right right but at the same time I don't fit because when the talk gets uncomfortable, right? Or when people want to well,
0: make some stupid jokes or
1: some shit, you got it. You like, got oh, it. Oh, can yep. we do that around Mark? Yep. We, well, we Man. can't say that around Mark because he's, he's part, whatever he's part that. So I fit, but I don't fit. Right. Yeah. And I've kind of looked at myself as a chameleon. I kind of blend with whatever, right? Hawaii, I'm Hawaiian. If I'm south of the border, I'm Mexican, right? I've had trouble getting back in the U.S. before. No shit, wow. Back in the 80s. (laughs) But, you know, um, so I have that kind of perspective, right, where I'm always a fly on the wall to things, and people let me in every once in a while, but it's sometimes difficult. Getting into law enforcement, the same way. What led you to law enforcement, by the way? Oh, man, easy. I don't like bullies. Nice. I don't like bullies. I can't, ha- can't handle them. And, you know, some, some people get into law enforcement because they want to be a bully. Yeah. Uh, some people get into law enforcement because they want to get drugs off the street. Okay. I don't like bullies. If you want to take advantage of people, you got to see me first. Right. That's, that was always my mentality. Yeah. Right? And so uh, getting into it, you know, that was, that was what made me get into law enforcement. My father, he w- uh, later in life, he uh, got into the Department of Corrections working. Okay. okay. <laughs> he was just visiting. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> he, was, he was doing his he's time. Doing, he's working. I had yeah, a job there. He did yeah. his time Not on the installment plan. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, on, on shifts. <clears throat> but he was like, trying to tell me, you know, get in with the DOC. And I, I was like, I don't know that I want to get in with people who are doing a lot of time, right? Well, I decided to move to Colorado. And the first thing I do is to get hired by the sheriff's office. Working in a jail. That was my first experience of wow, we, most of these people are going to be back in the community. What, what do we want to do? What know? are we doing right now? What, yeah. Knowing what are, that, well, right? yeah. And so I can see we can house people or we can, we can create, you know, start to work to create citizens. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know how these people got here, but. I know that they don't have to come back. Right. So, what can we do about that? And it really started me kind of informally working with especially young, young uh, black males getting incarcerated there because there were so few of them in Laramie County anyway. But the fact that, man, I I don't want you to stand out like that. Right. Right. I want you to stand out in good ways. Find other ways to stand out. Because I realized that people, some people were looking at them to be failures. And that was what was normal and comfortable for them is to look at these young men as failures. And so I was like- Or hopeless, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so my thing was, if I can make them or help them, I can't make them, but if I can help them to develop some skills and some understanding the other way, then we prove people wrong. And that's been my whole life is, I'm gonna prove you wrong, because you see me a certain way. I'm going to show you what, what I am. You don't know me. Right. right?
0: You think you know me. Yeah. Yeah. Based on some bullshit.
1: And you're totally wrong. You're right. And so it was, uh, you know, that where I'd, you know, bring guys books and say, hey, you know, read this book, read this book, read this, just take it out, just see what you think. Talk to me about it. Ask yeah. me questions. And so that started, okay, that's what I want to do. I, I'm in law enforcement. I'm in a great place. I'm dealing with people who may be in crisis. I'm dealing with people who need some skills, maybe, right. right? I'm in a perfect place for that. And so then, when I was, uh, got to work with the city, I just continued that in everything I did. Mm, interesting. Um, I would say you're you're
0: in the minority on that. Like, I don't think a lot of people get into law enforcement for that reason. No, I may be wrong though. Right?
1: Um, I, I'll tell you about that. I've, I've been, like I said, I've been in law enforcement since '92, almost 30 years now. Mm. And um, I would love to tell you the the party line of 99.9% of the police officers out there are doing a fantastic job. There, there's no real data uh, on that though, right? Know, yeah. that, I, data,
0: that sounds like some yeah. stats. <laughs> I can give you
1: more of a bell curve, right? Okay. I yeah. can give you much more of a bell curve, right? Uh, maybe the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a U curve. So you do, you have a, a, a percentage of officers that are out there knocking the ball out of the park. They are doing an amazing job in the communities working. Mm-hmm. You, see them, you see them on, uh, on the internet. I, I communicate with them. They're all over. Some of them are just in their agencies, wherever they are, doing some amazing things. Yeah. You have a small percentage who are out there wreaking havoc on the communities. Right. I see them too. Hmm. I train all over the country. I've, I've added up the other, I'm, I think I'm missing five states I haven't trained in. Wow. That's so, incredible. We got to get you in the states, man. Know, you get the whole country. Over the <laughs> over the last um, 15 years, 16 years I've been is I've been traveling. You know, so I'd love to tell you that yeah, it's it's in the high 90s. No. You got maybe about 20, 30 percent percent wow. doing doing the crazy good stuff. Yeah. Okay? You got the most percentage, 60%, 70% who are out there and they aren't messing up too bad. Right? They aren't superstars but they aren't really making mistakes. They'll make mistakes and they own up to it. Yeah. But they they're just doing the job, man. They're they're sure. pulling people over, they may write a ticket, whatever. They aren't really leaving people with a great feeling. Right. But they also aren't like breaking vi- the law Yeah, they are they aren't breaking laws, they aren't right. violating civil liberties, that sort of thing, okay? Right. Then you have the percentage that is running that line and absolutely they're the ones that are, are taking it down and you know it, my classes you know I've, I've been teaching this long enough that you know about day two of my classes i get these dudes looking at me kind of you know confused like i thought we were here to learn about swat you know and i go oh you thought it was just a task tactics class huh right no i'm, I'm hitting you here and and my big thing is you know what i talk about is you have a heart and mind connection you have to You have to have a heart and mind connection as a police officer. Yeah, you're dealing with people, human beings. Right. If you don't, this is not Robocop. You know, you you can't do it as a function. Right. Right. This is just a function. No, you're dealing with people in crisis on both sides of the fence, a victim, the suspects in crisis too. All right. Some people just it's and it's the same as as anybody. Right, but see both sides, and and we can talk about. But I can go on for years with my perspective on this. Sure. Well, we
0: got a lot of questions about all that,
1: and that's yeah. I mean, I'm
0: really it's 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 refreshing. I gotta say to hear, you know, someone in law enforcement talk about the real percentages. I mean, I know those are guesstimates on your part. Obviously, you haven't run any big old studies, but in your experience, it's it's not that company line of ninety nine percent. No. And, and, or not even really close to it, it sounds no. like now, um, <clears throat> what do you think that, you know, cause part of the issue is that percentage of people that are in there to sort of wreak havoc, um, or, or maybe, you know, I, I guess the, I, I got so many questions. So, so the, so what do you think of like, do you think that there's a pretty decent percentage of officers that are straight up assholes, like get into it to be bullies. Cause you brought up the bully mm-hmm. thing. How you got into law enforcement to, to not to, you know, to fight against bullies. And there is definitely, you know, we've all mm-hmm. kind of had those encounters mm-hmm. with police officers in our lives where, you know, you could be like, what the hell do, where you picked on in high school or yep. what? Like now you're the bully kind of thing. Um, can, do you think in that group, is it like, how much of it is I'm actively an asshole and how much of it is I might be, have might've been raised in an environment where I don't have an experience with people of color Mm -hmm. and, and I, and I don't see myself as racist, but yet um, that's because I don't really have the perspective to even know what that is. You know what I mean? I've never been put in the situations until I became a police officer (laughs) to, to, to uh To you know uh, have to make like sort of in the moment decisions mm-hmm. and understand that I might have prejudices
1: no it, and, that, and that's it is you have you have a, it, it's the same as our society, right it's, it's when I talk with the public, I would do um, community meetings, right? I started to do community meetings where I'd tr- get people in, I rent a, rent a space for a, li- a library in one of the neighborhoods and, and advertise it. And my thing, or when I talk to the community about anything, is where do we get police officers? And everybody looks at me like confused. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't make them, they come from the community. Right. And so who who whoever's gonna be applying are the ones that are gonna get in there, right? And so, you know, we say, Oh, but you know, who's who's hiring them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who's hiring them? It's not DeAndre. DeAndre not sitting, you know, as a captain in the police department hiring people. If it was, it'd be people like DeAndre who would be getting hired,
0: at least and, a, a higher percentage of them than. But, yeah.
1: but that's right. the thing: is that, yeah. that 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 police departments hire the people who they're comfortable with, right? There's an inherent <laughs> uh, an, an inherent bias, right? There is, and, and good or bad, right or wrong. A, bias is just a bias, right? It can be a positive bias. It can be a negative bias, you know, and and to start to borrow from my diversity trainings, it's it's as we apply it, right? How do we apply it? And so if if I'm saying, I'm going to look for, you know, I'm going to focus on black males who are college educated, who were involved in their fraternities, who were involved in politics on campus, who were who were true guardians growing up were guardians of their communities. What's my police department gonna look like? They're gonna look like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so if if that's my what you know, if that's my positive bias, or you know, I don't see it as a negative, but that's my bias, right? right? Is I'm looking for men like that. Or maybe my bias is I'm looking for Asian women who have this experience, who can do this, who know how to do this, that What's my department going to look like? Right. It's going to start to reflect that, right? And so, you know, you could say, well, look at the police departments. I mean, I've had interaction uh, with many police departments around this country as a trainer. Yeah. I walk in as a trainer, they see me a certain way. The company I work for, worldwide, world right. known. Yeah. Okay. And so I walk in there and People are like, oh, okay. You just the name on my shirt gives me a high recommendation, right? Right. Because they know that people that they've dealt with with that, they know what we bring to the table. Right. Their brand has a good reputation. Yeah. And, and yeah. so but they also know that kind of what the training is going to be, what our perspective is going to be. Mm. Now me getting into that, I've throwing a little wrench in the that network, right? Sure. But no, I'm a professional. I I but I'm like, no, this is the role of the policing, right? But that's the thing is, if you're hiring, I watched that in my agency. And plenty of officers were, were mystified, confused, frustrated, demoralized by the type of person that was being hired for a period of time. But what you had to do was all you had to do was look at the hiring section of our agency to see who... The type of person they're hiring, Like them, yeah,
0: right. Yep. And so you have to. Do you look. think it's a conscious decision? Do you think, or do you think it's unconscious? I mean, I'm sure it's both, right? I th- I'm sure there's some. I don't know if it's like the police chief or the sheriff who does it, but whoever's right under him, um, or her. Uh, you know, I don't. Do you think that they just have these biases built in? We all have biases. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we can't help it. No, you know that's that's the nature of
2: being human to a certain extent. Right. You could be a hiring manager at a McDonald's, right? But whoever you decide to hire is going to be a reflection of you at the end of the day. You are the company you Mm -hmm. keep, right? It's the same thing. It applies to the police department, just every realm of life, personal life,
0: whatever. And that's why it gets, that's why it's when they talk about uh, systemic, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, these people are entrenched in there. These people don't just have these jobs for a couple of years. They've got them for 20, 30 years, an entire career. And it, you know, there you go if the, the same hiring manager you know has uh prejudices or or is a racist conscious or subcon- uh, subconsciously um that's going to be reflected in the in the departments that they they're, hire in
1: they're going to show that they'll the and then everything that comes from that is your support right how you progress in in areas of the agency is going to be dependent on how you reflect the person who's in charge of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll, I'll be honest, and I'm, I got no reason to lie I don't work there anymore. Right. But the, my agency, when I got like from the time I got there to when I left when I left, it was because it no longer reflected me, not your the, values. Not the opposite way, right? I didn't reflect it. Kind of I didn't want to start reflecting it. It, didn't, it no longer reflected me. When I got hired there, I was, the thinking about it, I was the first black officer, sworn police officer in that agency wow. in its history. There was a community, Damn. community service officer, but he, was, he wasn't sworn. Right. He was Hold a on. peace police officer. officer. Right. My wife, she was the first black female officer ever hired. Damn. And that came eight years after me. Wow! Really, I didn't realize that. Well, six years after me, still I didn't realize it was that far apart. Two thousand two. Now, were there any uh, people of color or
0: women? Yeah, Yeah, oh yeah, between a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, there,
1: there, there. We had had several Hispanic officers, female officers. You know, but but the black community in Fort Collins is maybe two percent. Okay, it might have grown a little bit in the last twenty years, but but in the when I was there, it was like two percent. Yeah, um, you know, so. The the point being is that when I got there, though there were no other black officers, the, the mentality, like I said, the heart and mind connection, I didn't I didn't walk in going, I was shown that
3: mm-hmm. by
1: the officers who were there. They had that. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't a situation where I was walking into a place where I was like, wow, okay, I don't know about this. They were white male officers, but they were very much. I I don't really care what you
0: look like. So you I'm, felt like the, legitimately like there no. there was uh, no. Um, you didn't feel uh, singled out, or no. that's what I'm picking up. No. Like it was, they were pretty welcoming. No,
1: and they extremely. Yeah, and that was just it. And yeah. and you know, to a person, just about they would take me aside. Hey. Let's talk and let me show you. And their big thing was, let me show you how to treat people. Wow. And it sounds like a pretty good police department. It was it fantastic. Sounds like more
0: police departments need to be that
1: way. No, it was fantastic. And, and their I used, I use it to this day, stuff that I learned 30 years ago and was told, you know, uh, two things real quick. One officer. Now you look at him and you'd be like, okay, you know, he, you you would think he's on the lines and, you know, in the sixties down in Birmingham, right mm-hmm, right, but his thing was his his one thing to me was always never take a man's dignity, and you probably won't have to fight him and he was you know he's six three six four about two twenty, and yeah. no worries, right, yeah, but he was he was like how you treat people, and it didn't matter who he was dealing with, I would watch him, it didn't matter who he was dealing with, he would give those people respect, right, even if they were. You know, they would front him because he's a police officer. Oh, you know, your cop, your pig, or whatever. Hey, you don't define me, and that was a lesson I learned from them, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and you know, another one, one other one from another officer was, you have no authority other than that which is given to you by someone's actions. So when you're a police officer walking down the street, you're a citizen, and that was that was always impressed on me by these these veteran officers. You're a citizen in this community. You live here. You live with these people. Right. And so how you treat people is not only a reflection of you, but it's a reflection of me. And I don't want to look like an ass. So you don't be an ass.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a relationship. It's a, it's a bond that, you know, if it, and if you have that level of respect for each other, you treat each other differently. Exactly. All, all this stuff, Ultimately, and I don't know why it is—I'm—I'm I'm no expert, right? But a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, all comes down to dehumanizing people. Mm-hmm. People start to see—I uh, can guarantee you—whatever that dipshit officer's name is up in Minnesota—for um, whatever his reasons were. Uh, I, well, apparently, he didn't see George Floyd as a human being. No, I don't he didn't think he could treat a human being that way. He didn't. And you know. Who knows? I think more and more will come out. We don't know if that's something that was ingrained because of a bad culture created at that department. We don't know if that was something that it was instilled in him when he was growing up. Um, And frankly, it doesn't fucking matter because there's Mm -hmm. a dead guy Mm -hmm. now, you know, Uh, an innocent man died, you know? I mean, fuck. Uh, That's the thing that kills me, too,
1: over a counterfeit $20 bill, which was real, by the way. Was it really? It wasn't even. I don't think it turned out to even be real. It's a real $20 bill.
0: The you know, first that, that hit me. I I heard about what happened. I was horrified, you know, and then I heard about this $20 bill thing and I'm like, I've accidentally fucking paid with a counterfeit $20 bill before. I didn't know it was counterfeit. Hell, I took, I got money from, from some gig I did and, and went to put it in the bank and they're like, Oh, sorry, these two aren't real. I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, so I guess you'll just give me new exchange and They're like, no, no I'm like, what? Somehow out 40 bucks, <laughs> you know? And, uh, like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. You got a counterfeit bill. That sucks. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's the insanity of this. That's like not, it's not common, you know, not probably not everybody's going through that, but it's just, it's just ridiculous to think that that's what started all this thing, you know? And that's really not what started it all Ultimately in the end, that's the, that's the, that's the spark that lit the fuse. And there was a lot of dynamite behind that. So, so, uh, so I guess my question, you know, you are, I believe that like you were in a lucky situation. I don't know. I don't, it's hard to tell. You've seen a lot of departments, and I don't know if you want to speak to that. But but like it sounds like you had a, a leadership in your department was such that they had this grain of, of of respecting people as human beings infused throughout their organization, and that reflected not only in the relationships. <clears throat> for a diverse officer mm-hmm. coming in like yourself and how you were treated and then i extended out in the community and those are the kind of relationships that we need to be having.
1: Absolutely, and um, I remember when I got hired, and I was happy at the jail. I was happy working in the jail. Yeah. I, I, I was good, same thing, sheriff's officers the same way. They They loved me, they gave me responsibility, they gave me things to do, they gave me this. Hey, we'd love to have you stay. I was sitting in a hiring interview with the deputy chief because the chief was planning to retire right away. So deputy chief and all these commanders and everybody. And you know, it's like people say, you know, the good old boys, right? When I left, they used to refer, the people in charge of the agency referred mockingly to them as the good old boys. When I, The people who were in charge when I got hired. Loaded term
0: nowadays for sure.
1: But I would say, yeah, you're right. They were good old boys. They were good, older boys, right? And they they were still um, immature in how they once you were, you know, like, hey, we're happy you're here, type of thing. Not immature in that how they, you know, uh, juvenile, right? But relaxed and friendly and amicable, almost like how kids interact, right? How I'm just happy you're here to play with me, Mm -hmm. and they didn't put on all kinds of attitude, and they were good, right? Their question to me was, "What are you going to do for the community?" Yeah. You know, uh, whoa. Wait. To call you off guard. Huh? Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> like, what? I thought you know you just want me to write tickets and everything. And they were like, their whole thing was, "No, no, no. You, what are you going to do for the community?" Yeah, right. we're hiring you, but go back to the same thing. You're a representation of us. We've been here for 20 years. We've established the relationship. Right. Are you going to help it or are you going to hurt it, right? Because mm-hmm. as I say, the, you're either going to help something or hurt something. You know, when I, t- when I teach tactics, you're either doing good or you're doing bad. There's no neutral. There's no neutral. Yeah, because all those situations that,
0: those, that you're training for are intense, yeah. high-pressure situations where one false move or one wrong move or inconsiderate move is yeah. literally life or
1: death, right? So are you going to help the situation or hurt it? Because if you're going to hurt it, we're not even going to put you in there. Right? right? We don't even want you around. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna help it, how are you gonna help it? Let's let's hear, let's work at this, let's see how you're gonna do it, yeah. and if we need to give you additional assistance, education, knowledge, we'll do that. And if you're really good at it, then we want you to teach other people. And that is how the agency was. Um, how do we nationalize
0: that? How do we get that on higher on scale on, yeah. Well, so that's the thing, like people, you know, the crazy right wingers continually whine about um, affirmative action mm-hmm. and things like that, even though they all have affirmative action of their own. Yeah. It's called, uh, you know, uh, being born white, <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's, yeah. you know, already put you, you know, sadly put you on a on a different stature and and make sure life easier just just by the nature of the color of your skin when you're born. So is it like an affirmative action type of thing where you. You need to, because, like, again, like, you talked about the good old boys, right? Like, I have met some people in my life. I, I spent some time in the South. That was real. I grew up in Ohio, right? And I don't know, maybe I was too young to realize the racism that was in that community, mm-hmm. too, too uh, uh, segregated, you know, just by typical, you know, economic, you know, lines. I mean, I grew up in a, my elementary school had one black kid in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and then I moved to Florida and then I went to, into school, into a middle school that was probably about, you know, 60, 40, well, probably like 50% white, 10% Hispanic and, and, uh, and 30% black. I think that adds up to, I think that adds up to a hundred percent. I don't know. I lost my there. Yeah. Yeah. I might've missed, I might've missed calculated, but you know, roughly. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was an eye, opening experience for me. And now I feel Lucky that my parents, you know, or of us were of a mindset to teach me to love everyone and that everyone is equal. It's not like we had real conversations about race like that, but like, and, and that's probably part of the problem long term. But I will say that like being in the South, I met people that were good people, had good hearts. Um, and and if you were to ask them. They just come out and said, "Hey, are you a racist?" They would say, "No, no." And and so, but getting to know them Mm -hmm. over years, you know, or whatever, months time, I would begin to see that they do hold racist Mm -hmm. tendencies, and maybe they are. They're certainly prejudiced. Maybe racist. I don't know. Like maybe I'm old school. I don't know. I've always had this level thing. Like I think everyone is prejudiced over something. We naturally have like biases that we can't. Well, that we have to like actually work on to overcome. But I, but the next level up to me is, is racism where it's like, there's actual hatred there, you know, mm-hmm. there's ignorance mm-hmm. and then there's ignorance, um, like that you self justify mm-hmm. and, and, and put into action. And to me, that's racism, but you know, that's a technical definition. I've never experienced racism. So please, uh, forgive the the white guy explanation there. But, um, you know what I'm saying though? Like, yeah. I think, so do you think it is a thing where like departments around the country have to um, go out into the community and form better relationships to bring in diverse police officers? Because it's just not I don't see it until you have a, a, a departments around the country that reflect the community that they're serving. Mm-hmm. I think you're always going to have issues like this.
1: Absolutely. Right. I grew up in San Francisco. San Francisco, police officers in San Francisco, San Francisco PD, so few police officers lived in the city. And, and here's one of the things, like that's why I asked DeAndre before, like where did you grow up, you know, in Denver, what have just to see what his perspective is on. But it, and, and I, and I want to ask him that. But it, the same thing that I experienced in San Francisco growing up is the police officers did not care. It was their job. They rolled in for a job, yeah. did it, and then rolled out. However, within that, and this is what helped develop my mentality, is when I was little, I had a bike stolen. And I had two police officers pick me up three different days after school and take me to the neighborhood where we thought the, the kid who stole my bike might live, Yeah. and drove me around for hours at a time just looking driving around it? looking for my bike. Nice. And, you know, so, I had, very positive. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. Right. Growing up, had other, other instances with officers. Negative, right? But I was smart enough to go, hey, not all police officers act a certain way. And, and that's one of the problems on both sides of the fence that we're coming to now, right? Is that, is that on, from the community side, all police officers are a certain way. And from the law enforcement side, the community, the is, community a certain, is a certain way, right. right? And and that they go, because what we're doing is we are um, profiling each other. Right. Because we can't, I can't start off like with DeAndre, I can't start off with a totally clean slate, right? Like just, okay. Right, because I told is, him before yeah. this
0: podcast that right. you're in law
1: enforcement, and he knows right. a little bit about yeah. you. Yeah, so and so
0: he's got thoughts. We come I've in, got thoughts yeah, we yeah. come
1: into it looking at service. So I'm watching, looking at the way he's dressed, right, and I'm thinking, okay. And I'm looking at like his watch, and I'm looking at the glasses, I'm looking at everything that he's got going on the hat, and and for me, I go, okay, he's clean, right? It's clean. Mm-hmm. It's a clean look. All right, so I see, he respects himself. He's in here to come do a podcast, so he's obviously has an idea of involvement and ambition, investment, right? Kind of thing. And ambition. Mm-hmm. He's personable. Immediately sees me and says, hey, and we introduce each other. Doesn't stand out there and move back and hide out of the way like, "Man, nah, I really don't want to talk to this person, right? If, if that were the case, then I'm, I immediately start to develop a, uh, an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. We develop based on what we're experiencing. We can't start off, and I can't start off base with nothing every time. So now as I'm watching him, I'm like, Okay, I I I think I do really want to talk to this person, and yeah. I want to be in the space with this person, yeah. right? Because I'm looking at what kind of energy is this person putting on? and that's what we've had. That's what's happened in, in law enforcement is that is that police officers. I, I see it around the country. I talk to them around the country. I've uh, you know I've taught hundreds of classes with thousands of officers, right? So I do have. When you say you know, I'm kind of. Guessing on the data, I'm still going by Yeah,
0: it's like real anecdotal it's, data. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot it's of experience. Actual
1: observation experience yeah, talking with right. people. Is that is that police officers, if I don't have interaction with somebody from a different group, I go by very superficial stereotypical presentation. And, and we just we do, we
3: have
0: to, yeah. right?
1: Because and
0: and you know, but when that thing is the color of your skin, that's when we get into situations like we had in in Minnesota, right?
1: What happened was, and I can say this, equate this to to dealing with people like what happened in the '80s with racial profiling. Mm -hmm. So, so what they did was they started out with, and I'm just throwing this out here like this. So they start out with a list of 20 criteria for a person that might be transporting narcotics, because they're getting their teeth kicked in by drugs, right? So they have 20, 20 different cr- set of criteria. Person will be this, look this, driving this here, right? And they go, okay. And they will look at somebody and they kind of watch them and see if they fit the profile. Okay, they hit about 15 of those marks. All right, let's pull them over. Yeah. But what's still happening? Miami Vice, right? Drugs are going everywhere, everything, you know, they're saying you know, Miami Blues, you know, whatever, <laughs> and all this stuff. So then they start, man, we can't, we can't do it with 20. We're just still getting beat up. Let's cut it down to 10. What's our what's our most obvious 10 that we see? Right? Yeah. And so then they start to do that. And they're still getting beat up. So they're like, man, dude, even at 10, we're not getting enough drugs off the street. Five. Give me five.
0: Five key factors. Five key yeah. factors,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And so, but what do they what's What do they need to do? I need to see, figure this out now. This person's going by me on the interstate. So what am I looking for? Obvious things. Well, I know one of the criteria is that sometimes they were black. I only got about a second and a half to figure out. So now what do I start to look at? I can't tell what their driver's license says when they're driving past me, right? right? Their driver's license, not the license plate, the driver's license, right? I can't see that. I can't tell when they're driving past me if they've got luggage in the car or not. right? But I can see if they're black. Right. So, what do we start doing? now, yeah. that becomes my primary thing. Do I get drugs? I do because sometimes. sometimes black people are transporting drugs, but what am I missing? The other ninety percent right. of the caucasian people sure. the the old couple, the retired couple, you know white couple, yeah, I'm missing the hispanic guy the the females i'm missing all those people because my now my, I'm making my stop based on one criteria. Yeah. Black male. Right. And, but, but because I do get drugs off of black males, what am I doing with my, my mindset? I'm reinforcing it.
0: Well, and it's, a, yeah, exactly. Right? It's reinforcing that systematic yeah. I'm reinforcing, but,
1: but it's bad behavior. Right. But it's being positively reinforced. Yeah. And that's, that's
0: how it was in the 80s, right? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. That's your point.
1: So that's my, that's my point to equate it. We'd see, so we see the same thing in all the different areas. Yeah, um, sometimes it might be a black male who who assaults a police officer or is carrying a weapon. But if I'm only looking for black males carrying a weapon, I'm going to find them. But I'm not going to see everybody else who is carrying a weapon.
0: Like a confirmation bias. Yeah.
1: Kind oh, of it, it's It's total. It's well. It's it just. All I'm doing is I'm going to be reinforced. My bad behavior is going to be positively reinforced, yeah. right? It's right. bad behavior, but I'm going to have a positive reinforcement on it.
0: Meaning that if you're an officer that busts a lot of people for drugs or whatever, guns or whatever, yeah. busts a lot of criminals, you get promoted. That's how you get promoted.
1: Well, right? you get yeah, you, you get it. results, right? You right. get results. Yeah. And, and the problem is in policing, in modern policing, the, the purse strings are controlled by quantity. What can you quantify statistics right um data data-driven policing
0: what kind of data are they looking for like number of arrests or is it more everything. like they'll do everything but everything from that to yeah. other positive more positive yeah. things but because like I, I feel like we shouldn't be that's one of the things that always bothered me it's like we should be aiming to not arrest anyone right let's aim to create a society where people don't do fucked up shit that, that,
1: that gets them arrested. That, and see, that's the whole thing, is that if, if I have data-driven policing, and so m- in my mind, right, I started to cut things down, and I go like this. I go, okay, in my mind, my bad behavior and my partner's bad behaviors would say that I'm going to get dope off of DeAndre, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So now you and DeAndre are sitting here. Who am I going to look at as far as taking enforcement actions on DeAndre, you might because sit Because you've been trained. It's the it's the, conditioning. the, the rat and the it's cheese. Conditioning, right? Yeah. And you might sit here with ten pounds of <laughs> ten insane. pounds of, of drugs on if you. If I was a drug dealer, right? I'm hiring like old old white dudes and to drive that and, shit around. And that's that well, mm. hence hence mm. the movie The Mule, right? Right. right. With yeah. Charles yeah. I, I mean, uh with what's his name? Clinton yeah, I didn't whatever, see it. Man. Was it good? I didn't see no, it. No, Personal statement. no. But um I haven't watched it. Uh but but because We'll get into it later. Yeah, that's that's another day. Yeah, but but that's the thing is is I I look at so DeAndre may not have drugs on him, but I go oh well just today, today he didn't have drugs on him, so now I start to make up stuff in my mind as to why he didn't have drugs on him. He doesn't do drugs. I'm not going to find drugs on him, right? But it's like I'm going to say oh it's today because he probably sold it all. So now I need to watch him. Closer Jesus. and longer. It's really like that. And and but that's the thing though is is it's we take we take people down that road and then wonder why they're down that road, right? Yeah. We tell officers you need to be producing. You tell officers that that not not arrests, not quotas and stuff like that. Don't 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 get me wrong. I'm not saying there's quotas. There aren't no quotas. Some agencies I've never talked to an agency that had a, a quota. I was going to ask you that because you can so get all not, kinds of trouble with that. That's right. Yeah. Right. So they don't. But I mean, do they I don't. Don't or no. They I just don't it? Say it. They would say, no. They would they really say, do. hey, nothing's tied to quota. Like if you get twenty-five tickets, then you can get a, a toaster or whatever like that. You know, <laughs> you know, they don't do anything like that, right? But but they say, hey, we got complaints from this pl- area here. We need more traffic enforcement here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm looking at it like, all right, I'll pull people over. And I'm gonna talk to them. Hey, do you know that you were speeding down this road? Oh man, I'm on my way to work. This and that and the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just slow down. Please. The the community's upset. Well I live down the street. Okay, great. Your neighbors are upset, right? Right. Go it. Okay. And I'll leave it at that, right? And my agency might say, Didn't you write a ticket today? No, I, but I talked to forty people and told them to slow down. Right. That's why they invented warning tickets at that. But what do they want so to say? So they see, had some though? record of What can doing they that? what can they show what can they show the city though? Nothing. Yeah. In that they say, Oh, Mark wrote Mark talked. stop forty people and talk to them. And the city goes, well, we don't have no record of that. No data. We got no data to take back to your neighbors and say, look, they went out there and hammered it and and wrote 45 tickets. And now people are going to be compliant, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, okay. So my thing was, like, when I was, I worked in the community policing uh, division, we had like a little group. And we were down in Old Town, Fort Collins, and we would just, and our whole goal was to, kind of avoid enforcement action by, by being on the front end of everything. Right. That I'm out walking around. I'm Mm -hmm. out walking around. Sure. And if I see you standing on a corner, Hey, how's it going? And then I come back an hour later and Hey, Chad's still standing on that corner right there. Right. What's he doing? Yeah. And now I might sink back and see what's going on here. Right. And now Deandre comes up to me and says, Hey, you see that guy standing over there? And I go, "Uh uh-huh. He goes, yeah, he's here every day for like three hours. I think he's dealing drugs. Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. Right. And and I'll say, you know, he DeAndre says, yeah, I'm a store owner right here. You mind if I stand in your store for a minute? Please do. Have at Have Adam. Right. I'm working with the community right. to solve problems. Sure. You're the drug dealer on the street. He doesn't want you there because he knows he knows who you're going to bring there. Right. He's got a store. He doesn't want people who are going to be down around here because it's going to
3: Yeah, it's what we call
1: the broken window theory right if you have a broken in New York City they start you have a broken window it's it's a sign of dereliction right it's a sign that somebody doesn't care abandonment so you fix the window you make people believe that somebody cares about this place if people care about it then uh, a more criminal element goes man they're probably going to be watching us they're probably going to be doing stuff like that so let's not be around here Mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing you can do is just kind of push Away you can't solve it because really, war on drugs. Come on, yeah, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what the crime side of it, all you can do is push it away, yeah. Say, We're going to be vigilant here, right? You got store owners like DeAndre who's saying, No, no, I want to run a good place, I want good people to be coming around, yeah. And you know, you can work with the person, I can come now to you and chat, say, Chad, what can we do? You're dealing dope, but that's not going to work, right? Right, and and I did this mm-hmm. when I was working. How can we keep you from getting in trouble? Man, I don't have any jobs. on this and that. And I, I slide over to DeAndre. And DeAndre says, yeah, man, I just had an employee quit. You know what? I might have your problem solved. Yeah. I come back to you. I say, you want a job over here? All right. I'll take a job. Okay. Now we set you up. Right. But see, that's community policing, right? I got you. I'm a liaison. I, I have facilitator. I'm on both sides of things, right? Right. I'm I'm in everybody's business. Mm-hmm. I'm all over the place, right? <laughs> yeah. I am. I mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I'm a good police yeah. officer, I'm mm-hmm. in everybody's business. Sure. Because I want to. I want to know. And so some people, you know, get kind of offended. You know, police officer. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? And I understand it because we haven't. We aren't teaching our police officers how to interact with people like that right, on yeah, that right. level. Yeah. Period. Right.
0: That's what I was. I was actually going to address that. I was going to ask you about that because um, I think that you know that came naturally to you because of you know how mm-hmm. you grew up and who you are, just mm-hmm. generally who you are. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come naturally to everyone. No. So that's the kind of things that no. we have to get our police departments doing. Understanding that's the relationship they they mm-hmm. they, they they should have with their community and. You're right. I think it is about like, you know, getting out there, getting out of the car, you know, get walking around, meeting people, you know, uh, going to the church Mm -hmm. picnic, going to the whatever's going Mm -hmm. on, you know, events, the community events and having real conversations. You know, I always feel like you go to so many things and you see, you know, if there are a lot of obviously like everything that's happening now is different. (laughs) Go We'll see. Well, I just feel like there's a division, right? Like you see all the officers, they're all one side, they're talking to each other. And then there's us, there's mm-hmm. us and them, you know,
1: and it, and it feels like that, you know, I, just I, from that, from a non, I knew where you were going with it Yeah, because trust me, I see it too. It's, and I call it, it's the junior higher dance. <laughs> right, the, right, right. The boys are over here yeah. and the girls are over here. Right yeah. until one person, one brave soul. And in <laughs> my junior high, would have been DeAndre. Right, I know he'd have been yeah, the one
2: yeah,
1: yeah. walking across yeah, yeah. the street to say, yeah. "Hey, let's dance." Yeah. Right now, now a couple of other people start to do it. A couple, of, right? Yeah, and then we start mixing. Right, but as long as everybody stays on their side, it's because it's comfortable for us. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's it's because because DeAndre's outgoing enough. And he's personable enough, friendly enough, that he walks across there. If one young lady would say, I don't want to dance with you, he's like, oh, no, that's all right. No problem. Hey, cool. I'm going to go ask somebody else. But see, for most of us boys on the side, if we went up there and got rejected, what would that do to us? But uh-huh. like Drake. Right. Right? It, right. Would, it would crush us. <laughs> yeah, and right. So we don't even want to do that and then we'd run away we don't even want to yeah corner we don't even want to put ourselves out there yeah and and so that's what you see so when you say that you know at a place i know i see it too sure and i see it and and as as a as a retired law enforcement officer i'm like here we go the junior high dance
3: yeah
0: and so and, and but don't you think that's on the police officers and the departments to train them so that That they are actively trying to engage in the community
2: that they're they're, they're policing. You know what? Off top, bro. I just want to say, I respect you as a man on so many different levels before that badge and that uniform. Okay? I appreciate everything that you stand on. Um, Second, I don't communicate with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. This is natural. This is very organic. So I haven't had, this is a very, uh, like, a fish out of water experience for me right now. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm really appreciative of him just being transparent and honest with everything. I think when he initially started speaking on the hiring aspect of everything, that's where the more level-headed are going to try to go to as far as, okay, let's figure out solutions. Yeah you know that's how
0: we so I was
2: always curious about the training aspect Mm -hmm. of law enforcement he really broke that down but he's speaking from not only who he is and who he's become over time and everything but he's he's speaking on people that are officers I should say that are actually from the community more oftentimes than not these officers are not from that community right so they're having an out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying yeah So it's like, where are these officers and why are these officers being placed in certain places? Excellent. And,
1: and, you know, I I refer back to how when I first saw you, how you were dressed, how you carry yourself, all that sort of thing, right? Because I'm going from growing up, as I grew up, the way I viewed how I dressed and what I wore, that if I was wearing sweats, uh, sweatshorts, it wasn't because it was a statement, right? I'm making a statement. Everything I wear, when I wear on a daily basis, is a statement, right? And, and many people don't. And you have a lot of police officers, especially like, like you were talking about, when you got white police officers and white, I don't say this casually, but Caucasian, Eurocentrism. You can look at studies. I mean, Harvard's got a huge study that they've done over years that, that it's it's in books um, you can you can look it up. I, I took some of their their tests, their evaluations, um, and to show your bias, there is a Euro, a bias towards Eurocentrism in the United States. Or actually, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I take that back. Worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. And in even African uh, respondents' tests from Africa. Mm-hmm. Will express a pro-European bias, like European features. What's what's more acceptable? Like the you
0: guys probably see. I don't know if you ever see the movie Good Hair. Yeah, uh, by uh, I think Chris Rock produced it and was talking about his daughter and stuff. And there's been a couple. There might have been a couple films about this, but um, the concept of like black girls not liking their hair and 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 the culture pushing upon them the fact that like straight Mm -hmm. soft like you know uh what do you call it like i'm saying malleables no, right no, straight but hair straight hair basically is <laughs> what is beautiful straight, yeah right and so yeah right no and no i think i think that that's the same the you know the predominantly uh majority white culture has pushed that same image of what beauty is mm-hmm. of what um you know uh society views as like the the idyllic thing oh, that's yeah. been a part of our culture you know that has been a part of our culture for years and those things those dinosaurs don't die easily no, no. you know
1: but that's like i say is that that when if i see somebody dressed like deandre i'm like oh okay i'm looking at it from a different perspective than say uh, a young white officer from a um you know some predominantly small town in white or community shit, right. is going to look at him and see him or how he's dressed right right and and so then that officer is going to look at him and go oh you know, whereas right. I'm, I look at them and go, okay, comfortable. I know this. I know this is a right. person who is going to have their their stuff together. All
0: right, right? and we I all mean, have that. Quite right? honestly, all of us have that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Every single person. And so, so how do we go beyond that? I think but, that's like that's what's on the police departments. Like you, y'all are um, not you. The profe- professionals. You're the professionals.
1: Exactly. This and, is mm, your job
0: to understand.
1: Mm, and that's where. Mm. And that's where that's I say that. right. <laughs> okay no it, no it's the pros but that's my point yeah. is that like deandre just said i don't talk to police officers okay great i see you out i'm coming to you right right because i'm coming to you to say hello because exactly the way you said and in it started when i was in the sheriff's office so 1993 i started out saying hey why don't we build a lowrider police car I said, check this out, because <laughs> I like lowriders. Right. I brought my little lowrider magazine in. And I said, look, Oakland Police Department has made a lowrider. Nice. And you know what's crazy? It's from a police officer who was shot and killed in line of duty. They took his car, and they turned it into a lowrider. Wow. Why don't we try something like that? Then I left the sheriff's office before anything could happen, got with the city. Right. Mm-hmm. Started it again with the city. Mm-hmm. 1998, I think I started presenting it. Oh, you know, hey, this this doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. It's not supposed to make sense to you. Right. Right. Or I'd get the, why don't you build a drag car? Why don't you build a drag race car? Like, yeah, you know, and I go, I don't want to build a drag Brr. race car. I want to build a lowrider. Right. And people, are like, it, I get this, isn't that a gang member car? Mm. I said, I don't know. Wow. You got Carfax? You know a gang member owned the car? <laughs> I said, I, I don't know who owned the car before me. Right. Right. And, but, so, so my point being is, so I finally decided, all right, fine, I got this. I built my own lowrider. Nice ride. It's a 65 Pontiac uh, a Catalina. It's
2: a good year. Hard top. <laughs> yeah. Right?
1: No posts, nothing. Nice. Had, had switches on it, hydraulics. Had, that thing was nice. I, would, I finally started to use it. Hey, I'm going to take it over to this event over here, and I'd go in uniform, and I'd stand with my car you know what, how many people would come up to me and talk? Yeah. So I said, all right, sounds good. So I started doing this. I kept putting things forward. I tell people, hey, you like this? Yeah. Well, tell the police department you like this. Nice. Let's get something going. And so 98, 99, I started doing that. Mm. Hmm. September 12th, 2001. My agency finally said September 12th, 12th. 2001. Yeah. So you want to know. It's a heavy date. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know how I was like torn, like being excited for this, but being like, dang, this is heavy stuff because everybody was in that mood, right? Sure. They tell me, oh, you can build a car. Inside, I'm like, yeah. Outside, I'm like, man, all right, this is heavy. But I realized what my responsibility was with it. So I enlisted people in the community. I got grants. I got donations. Um, Hulk audio from all kinds of manufacturers, major manufacturers. Nice. Uh, donated stuff. We had uh, Colorado Customs wheels in, in Fort Collins at the time. Yeah. They donated you know, $6,000 wheels to the thing. Right. Pirelli donated tires, nice. all this stuff. It was about $40,000 in donations for this. It was a van. I said, I want a van because it's big and we can make it. Right. These dudes painted it, freehand uh airbrushing painted it. Crazy paint. I still haven't seen anything to compare with it 20 years later, right? Mm. We I started taking it places. Um people who would tell me, I'll never talk to I've never talked to a police officer before this. Right. But I came up because of this car. It yeah. Like, Fantastic. Nice. And That's what m- you're going for. Exactly, uh, but my biggest thing was that that it was to get people to see police officers as individuals,
3: yeah,
0: sure. not as a group, not as them, right, not as them. And the same goes for police officers to get to see to see black people and, and not as as individuals and not as them.
1: Right? Both sides. Right? So I say, hey, I tell our officers, hey, I'm gonna have the have the van out at this event. Come by, right? All right. Some would do it. And some would do just like you're talking about. They'd show up and they'd stand like 15 feet away (laughs) because they want to see. Right. Is Mark going to get attacked? Is Mark? You know. You know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) And as I'm sitting there talking with people, talking with people, talking to me, slowly they kind of come over. Right. Because now they want to be associated with it. Right. Right. And so So it's about building those bridges, right? Like finding those ways
0: to to connect with the community where they're at. But I think that like you're a great example of this, though. That's like none of those white dudes no i was gonna call them crackers but but none of those white dudes uh uh, you know because it's like you know i mean in the 90s fort collins was kind of country right oh very much so um so um but none of those white dudes would have ever thought of that right because you were there because you came from a different place because you had a different life experience Mm -hmm. exactly you were able to be that person that bridge builder right Mm -hmm. yeah see that's why i support like um, that's why I support our affirmative action in police departments. Because because until you know, I like to think of myself as an ally and 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 uh I racism makes me hurt inside, like it hurts my heart, but I but I'm still just a guy on the sidelines mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that. You know, maybe I felt like judged for other reasons, but usually of my own causing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the way I dressed yeah. or, you know. When I had the mohawk back in the day, you know that kind of shit, you know, and that, but that's nothing. I could no. shave my head and not. Have a and mohawk then, yeah, anymore. now you're not. A, now yeah. you don't have mohawk. Right. I can't change my skin color. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's why I'm pro having a, a, some sort of law that, that 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 where there's some sort of like almost like affirmative action in terms of hiring. And it, and I and I gotta say, like, the problem with that is though, right? People would say, well. You want your department to reflect the community. There's a lot of places where it's like 99% white dudes mm-hmm. and uh, or, no. or white people. No, I don't. Care. So, so, but, but, and you know, so mm-hmm. it's like you've got a and that and that one nothing's no. going to change. that's you know a cycle that would just keep going and going if there wasn't some sort of thing. Here,
1: so, how do you feel about like quote like no. I hate to, I don't know what the term yeah, is. I, but. Here's my thing: I don't want anybody to have the ability to say that somebody didn't get someplace based on their merits. I don't want them to have a crutch to be able to say that, right? So, so my thing is saying, okay, if, if and, and this is where I kind of walk a fine line, but, but this is where I put it on the police, right? Is that if, if I'm sitting here and I identify somebody as DeAndre who I feel should be a police officer, mm-hmm. I feel he should. I don't care if he wants to or not. <laughs> I feel he should. Because the community deserves him as a representative. The community mm-hmm. deserves him as a guardian, as a protector. It's my duty if to go to him and guerrilla inject into him the desire to be a police officer. He'll be like, I don't want to be a guy. Okay, all right, but hey, man, you know, come ride along with me. Just hang out. So, Just we talk, out so we can talk about some stuff. Right. But really, what do I want him to see? So you're saying it has to be more personal. It, it can't be like
0: be some personal. sort of uh, laws no. or quotas or Correct. Some stuff like that.
1: It, it can't be. It has to be from the inside. And this is the one thing because I want to. how do you get that first one? You know, there was somebody. You were the first. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, because I, I wanted to be in policing. And I'll tell you honestly and truly is, is when I tried to get hired, because I tried to get hired in San Francisco Police Department, and I got declined. Because I was truthful on my application. Mm-hmm. I, I was truthful. And they told me, well, you, you answered this question in this way. I said, yeah, because I had done that. It was a drug question. It was
0: a drug question. And I yeah, said, yeah, I had always done gets that. People. Yeah. And they
1: said, well, but you answered it that way, knowing, because it says right there, if you answer any of these drugs, you'll be disqualified. Right. But I'd like, done the, that, right? Yeah. So I so said, you supposed it. to have lied. Thank you. <laughs> and so, yes, I was supposed to have lied. Essentially, wow. that's what they told me without saying that. They said, well, you, you realize that you would be disqualified. You answered like that, but you still answered like that? And I said, yes, because that's the truth. They said, well, why would you do that? <laughs> to get hired in a police agency. Right. You thought it was so, like one of those like trick
0: questions. Like, I did. If, yeah, I right. did. I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? right? You, they definitely want me to tell the truth, right? The so, truth
1: is the right thing to do. <laughs> I come to Colorado. I sit down in the sheriff's office a captain there she's talking with me she says so what about drugs what kind of drugs have you done so i told her i said this 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 you know that many years ago whatever blah 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 right she goes okay She goes, i'm glad you answered like that i said why she goes because we all know that people people have experimented and done drugs yeah but to come in you know if you were to come in here and say oh i've never done any drugs we know you're lying right. and i went oh who the fuck would want to, I wouldn't even want to, like, hire someone that's right? never done any drugs. But, well, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but that's great you say that, though. Mm-hmm. Because, so, I get hired by a sheriff's office. I go, wow, they hired me because I was truthful. <laughs> okay. Nice. That's kind of where I want to be, right? Yeah. So... The other troubles in San Francisco, I come to find out, I got buddies in, in PD, I got buddies in the fire department, they're telling me, oh, you remember so-and-so? Yeah, they, got, they did this, 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 and this. I'm like, damn, I'm glad I'm away from that, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm in a principled place. Mm-hmm. Now, again, with the city, same thing. I watched the city officers and they start to talk to me and they start going, oh, I had everybody in the, in the area trying to recruit me, right? All the different agencies, state patrol. A black trooper. He was a master trooper. There. He'd come in and he'd be like, "Come on, why don't you come to the state patrol?" And I be like, "Look at your uniforms. I can't wear that uniform." <laughs> and I go, "All you guys do is traffic." He's like, "He's like, come on, man. We need more minorities there." I go, "I said, I'm sorry, man. I can't. I can't go do that job. <laughs> the city. I'd see the officers come in. They'd be like, you know, Mark, come over, come over to the right. city. But it, look at what we do. Look at how we are." I said, yeah, "They were being like proactive. That. They were. Yeah. They were recruiting me. Right." That's how that needs to happen. Okay. Law enforcement. So in, put it out there, engage with the community more, actively recruit, yep. uh, and try to bring that in. Officers, yeah. it's, it's like I said, they're the professionals. They're the ones getting paid for it. Right. I'll put the onus on them. I don't expect DeAndre, who I don't know his experiences with law enforcement, but I don't expect him to have to come up to me and say, yeah, I would, I would like right. to, and I put that out there. Oh, there's
0: probably, I mean, at this point, there's. I gonna, put
1: this out and, there on my social media all the time. I say, community, go down to the police department if you're comfortable with it, and meet your police officers. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How do you guys train? You made a comment about training. That's so important. And and how do you train? What do you train? What does it look like? Not the tactics, but are you doing diversity training? What does it look like? Are you doing community policing? What does it look like? Yeah. I'm, I'm a citizen. I want to know. I Want the citizens want to feel safe, right? They want to have a positive relationship mm-hmm. with law enforcement But they see so many negative things sure so and 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 what I've done up until this point I'll tell you this with the Floyd killing right is that what I see is that it's a it's amazing uh, that um, Police officers around the country and and this is I watch this stuff, right? Because I have a lot of on my feeds, my different social sure. media platforms. Obviously,
0: connected to that world.
1: And never before, I'll say this, never before has there been this volume of law enforcement officers condemning the actions that of those officers in Minneapolis. Yeah. Never before. And to me, you know, people say, Oh, it's it's late, it's late, it's late. Well, when did you want it? Right. Did you, you want them to never do it? Right. Because I'm I'm yeah. like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. At least they're doing that now. And, and Could these officers works. are absolutely, I mean, it's across the board and we look for them and it's like the one chief said, if you're going to, if, if you're w- planning to defend these actions, turn in your badge. Right. And, and we just thought a Denver officer just got fired the other day and posted on, on a, uh, their, their social media that they were in their little riot gear and said, Hey, let's start a riot gone. Yeah. And, 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 and I posted about that on my Facebook page. I I posted that and I said, if you're not here with the utmost maturity and professionalism, Mm -hmm. you got to get out now. Mm -hmm. We can't have juvenile Mm -hmm. behavior right now. This Mm -hmm. profession Mm -hmm. is too important. Mm -hmm. This, the, the, the relationships are too important, too critical for you to be out here playing around at being a police officer. Yeah. We don't need it. We're beyond that shit. No, no. We, it's time to
0: get real here. Well, it's be like serious. I said,
1: you, you're now meeting your future in-laws. How are you going to act? Right. You're not going to show up acting a fool. You're going to show up acting like you are grown up, that you can be a provider, that you can be a partner to this other person, that you can do do what needs to happen, right? Yeah. You're going to put your A game on. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's where I sit down and I look at a police officers and say, no, no, I get it. The public is skittish, man. They are worried. You have to be the ones. You're getting paid. And I tell them, you're the professionals. Yeah, Get out there and talk to people. Get out there and say, hi. Just, just say hi. If that's all you do that day, just yeah. say hi. And I tell them, I say, and be okay with the uncomfortable conversations. Right? Always. Be okay. okay if, the, if, if I say if I come up to DeAndre and say, hey, how are you doing? And he go but don't talk to me. I don't even I don't even want to know you. Okay. I gotta respect that.
0: Yeah, it's like it's it's let's face it, it's on at this point and where we're at and probably going forward for, for many years, it's on the police departments and the law enforcement officers to take that first step across mm-hmm. that junior high gym. I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable, to reach out because there's no fucking reason that anyone and in, in, uh, in the black community, there's no, they, they have not been given a reason. I mean, I'm obviously in certain communities, there's better relationships than others. Mm-hmm. But overall, our, broadly collectively, speaking, collect- collectively, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the police departments and law enforcement officers have not earned the trust of that community no. as a whole yet.
2: I was going to say this comes back down to um, that class we had off top as far as branding. Oh, right. Right. Mm-hmm. No, like, trust. Yeah. Yeah. feel like you can apply that to a lot of different situations. Yeah, of course. And circumstances. Right, yeah. No, this is me yeah. and him meeting. I was already going to exchange information with him at the end of this yeah. joint just because I want to gain from his perspective yeah. even more. And I just respect him as a man, first and foremost, off top. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that comes with time. Right. You see what I'm saying? You got to earn that. You dig what I'm saying? Sure. Trust is going to be the most. That's uh, when, that's, when that's we get the to one
1: that, that level, right? That's yeah. that, you know, that's that's generational, right? And and see, here's the thing, though. We also, though, so we, the no,
0: I guess his point is, though, the no, and I think uh-huh, you both we're all uh-huh. saying this is on the police department
3: at yeah. this point. Oh yeah, they've
0: got to put, they've got to insert themselves into the communities. They've got to take positive actions that show people of color and people of, frankly, of, everybody, ac- yeah, everyone, and everybody. especially. Uh, People of color and people from economically, uh, you know, uh, underserved communities, you know, and and I think that's on them. They've there's got we've got to create some kind of system. And I know you do this. I know you help with this. So You're an ally Mm -hmm. in that in that fight. But um, how do you do that in fucking podunk, Kansas, though? You you, how do you do that without saying you got to you got to have somebody other than white dudes in your department? you know there, making a law around
1: there that. are those officers there there are the officers I, I, you know you, you say kansas i immediately went to i did a class in kansas and um, this agency man they were like i was like man i want to come work for you guys hmm. because they were very much like our community and, and and the the people in our community not the middle upper middle class white people in our community our community everybody in our community yeah are we responsive to them mm-hmm. right are we are we identifying their needs and how we can help them to facilitate whatever they got going on but it's it's you said it and it's exactly that it's branding how you brand mm-hmm. what do you want your brand to look like and agencies have to do that too they have to understand what they want their brand to look like of course some agencies want their brand to look at look like we're kicking ass and taking names okay oh, hell great, yeah great mm-hmm. then don't sure. wonder don't wonder why your community doesn't want to give you their name. Right. Right? Right. Because you're kicking ass. Right. So or
0: doesn't wanna even when they see something <laughs> that's a crime, they don't even want to snitch on people. No. Um, uh, because they there's that there's not that trust there.
1: What what are you right? trying to achieve from that? So so yeah, we all try to put our brand out, right? Like I put my brand out, like my shirt. I'm like, I saw this shirt and I was like, I gotta have that. Cause it speaks to me, right? Yeah, it's it. You know, U.S. flag with Malcolm and Martin on it, mm-hmm. right? Like the Outcast album, yeah. And I'm like, uh, but but and I got another one. I got another one coming. It right. it's this this one with the uh, Public Enemy's first album, uh, standing in the cell. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And it's Malcolm and yeah. Martin. But but see, to me, I'm making a statement. Mm-hmm. This is what I want people to know about me. Sure. When I walk out, right? Right. And, and that, but that's the thing is agencies have to decide. They got to build their brand like every well, other organization. What do they world. want to look like to their people? They, but what they try to do, they try, well, we're a professionally policing organization. What does that mean? Nobody wants a professional policing organization. Cause what if we, what if we painted the picture of that being in the last three decades? Right. Or since whenever, right. Yeah. A professional police America. Yeah. <laughs> professional policing organization is we're going to keep you in place. And, and it's, I'm like, so nobody wants that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody wants that. They want, you know, um, there's an analogy in law enforcement about sheepdogs, sheep, and the wolves. Mm-hmm. The police officer, and this was coined a long time ago by another trainer that I'm, I'm not a, fa- a fan of at all. But I use the analogy because everybody in law enforcement understands it. Okay. So you have sheepdogs, police officers, law enforcement. The sheep are the people. And it's not because they're, they're That's sheep. it's just a, a yeah. flock. It's right. a flock, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the wolves. Wolves are the predators, the suspects, the the criminals, the people who take advantage of the the sheep. So the sheepdogs protect the sheep from the wolves. Mm -hmm. So here's my thing. What's happened, what we've done, is we've tried to create professional Mm sheepdogs. They aren't part of the flock. They're professional. Mm -hmm. They sit back off to the side, right? right? And so what do they do? Well, we don't want the flock to even get touched. So they sit back so they can intercept the wolves before they get near the flock, mm-hmm. right? So they're, but they're doing a good job.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So what don't the flock ever experience? The wolves. Mm-hmm. And, and so every so often a wolf will get into the flock, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll kind of figure out where the weak sheep is, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. So now this wolf is moving amongst the flock, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So the flock's not upset by the wolf, right? because it's not doing anything. So then what is the, the sheepdog goes, hey, there's a wolf in the flock. Mm. Runs down and, and grabs the wolf in the flock. And the flock is going, wait a minute, who are you? And what are you doing to right. this person here? And they're like, well, there's a criminal. You know, it's a wolf. And they're like, no, no, no. He's been here for a while and hasn't done anything. It's one of us, right? But who are you? I've never seen you before. Well, I'm the sheepdog. I've been sitting up on the hill looking for the wolves. Oh, I don't know that. So then... Now they get the wolf out of there, and the crowds kind—you of you know—the flock is kind of pissed off. They're like, "Well, wait a minute—they just took one of our people, right, for no reason." We don't think, and so now the flock is start starting to scatter a little bit on a day, right? The sheepdog goes, "Oh, hey, we need to keep them together so they don't get off into the woods or whatever." So it comes down, nips the heels of the of the sheep, right, to keep them in line. Now what's the sheep thinking? Wait a minute, you writing me a ticket for nothing?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's for something, but. I haven't, I haven't established a relationship with you, yeah. right? I've just come in, I'm nipping heels, and I'm j- grabbing these other people who they don't. It's the relationship. There's no relationship, mm-hmm. and so what we need to do is the sheep dogs got to get back down and spend their time in the flock. Their right. day, their day should be spent around the flock. Hey, how you doing today? You know, Mister Sheep, how you doing, Mrs. Sheep? How's it going? Hey, fantastic! Oh, you know, we get a little one there. Great. Cool, it looks yeah. just like you. You know, Mrs. Sheep, good thing, Mr. Sheep, because you're not that good looking. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. However, you interact with people, but I've established that relationship so we can joke like that, yeah. right? Right. And and so now when the wolf does come, I go, Oh, hold on a second, wolf's coming. And they're like, Who's that? Well, that's the wolf. It's gonna come in, it's gonna try to eat you guys. Yeah. That's what that's why that's where you know Mr. G Wolf was last, he was here last week, now he's gone. Yeah, wolf took him. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't want that to happen. Get that wolf. Okay, I will. And when the wolf comes, then they deal with them. When it's gone, now I'm back with the sheep. So by you're saying that the, like
0: by being a part of that community, that might even encourage people to, 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 to talk about like, hey, there's a wolf coming. Yep. Yep. Miss Officer, yep. I trust you enough to tell you that this this guy over here is not from this community. Yep. He's in here to do some messed up stuff.
1: I trust yeah. you. Right. I trust yeah. you. I am. Right? And yeah. and that's the key. And and the problem is is that with our, our instantaneous world as a police officer now, we have police officers who say, well, if I say hi to you, now we should have a relationship. Oh. What? How yeah. does that work?
0: Superficial. Oh. No,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and if you don't. It's like protect and serve. I mean, come yeah. on. If you don't, if, if I say hi to DeAndre, and he's like looks at me like this, and I go, oh, see? No, no, no. Right. I don't care. I'm, I'll work on him for a month. Again, you're the pro you got to work right. you got to you got I'm the one who's trained here. I'm the one who's prepared right. I'm the one who's equipped I'm the confident and competent one and so my thing is that trust is going to be generational yeah that's not going to happen in our lifetime yeah but 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 at least we get no and like that could be there's no got
0: yeah know, gotta start somewhere no is the first step yep. right like yep. we've got to just get it to the point where people know the officers who are policing their communities mm-hmm. And, and, and those officers know the people in their communities have to. and have that, di- and then have that dialogue and we hope, and I believe like, you know, listen, I, you know, I used to work in the media. I met a lot of police officers and, mm-hmm. um, obviously not as many as Mark, but, um, most of the ones I met seem like decent people. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, frankly, I came from a, you know, poor upbringing. So like I was surprised, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was expecting them to be super assholes. You oh know? yeah. Um, but, and and the, and I was pleasantly surprised by that. Now, I don't, you know, I have no way of knowing if my mm-hmm. skin was a different color, would my experience have been different? But nonetheless, like, that changed how I felt about police department, just because I had to interact with mm-hmm. these people to do my job as a reporter and a journalist, uh, and so um, I can see how that could work. You know, that oh, could yeah. change your perspective, you know?
1: has to happen, yeah. and and that's the key is that that the the officers, just, just put yourself out there. And like I said, you're going to have to deal with the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with people. Like I said, when I had the, that lowrider, and I would take it places. Man, I had people unload on me about domestic violence situations that the police didn't resolve for them, and they were in a different state 20 years earlier. But right. I became the focus of right. their anger and upset, and I would just let them speak. And mm-hmm. I'd be like... This is a healing process for them. Yeah. This is part of the healing process. They never got that closure there. And now they have the opportunity because they realized that they met a police officer who will allow them to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And not shut them down and go, you know, that, that didn't happen here. And, that did. and after I let them talk, I said, I said, you know, I am so sad that sorry that happened to you. You should never have been dealt by law enforcement like that. Yeah. And I say, but I would also ask you to remember that that didn't happen here i was not a part of that right and this car had nothing to do with that <laughs> right you know, yeah, you know what i mean no it's true and, and no say but yeah I'll, I'll work with you but i also need you to understand that because you can't look at me mm-hmm. with that as a liability right you can't look at me as a yeah. problem you can look at that as a problem and i'll help you through this but i need you to see me a certain way
2: if if i'm gonna help you get through it sure right? this all came down to the where he used earlier, and I, I just said it in a different way, but dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once that's taken out of the equation, that changes everything. Yep. that's when all the problems begin. Right. It's wherever when, you want to take it at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, yeah. Like we said, there's no way these officers who are standing around, even watching their fellow officer murder this kid, uh, this grown man. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, can have, can see could see George Floyd as a a human being that had dignity.
1: Okay, real quick, I want to say that. You know what the problem with that? Dignity. Where did I get that from? That very word I said was taught to me or told to me, that whole thing was by a veteran officer. Here's what I hear around the country, around the country, not just one place where I was, but I have officers telling me they're veteran officers, 20 years on, whatever. They say, do you realize now that my agency is telling new officers, don't listen to me. Don't listen to those veteran officers. Only listen to your FTO, your field training officer, and and trust me, field training officers. A lot of them are good. However, in my agency, what they started to do, as I said. Okay, I'm a certain way. I'm going to start picking people to be FTOs who are like me. Right. If I'm crap, who's now going to be FTO? Right. And so, refried crap. So well, (laughs) so so I was an FTO. Oh really? I went away from it, and I became a detective. I was a detective for eight years, nine years. I came back to the street. I said, I'll be an FTO again. They said, okay. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They asked me to come back. Would you come back and be an FTO? I said, certainly I will. I'd love to do that. Train new officers. And uh, because I would be frank, I would tell officers, I said, if you're not willing to stand up for that little lady right there who needs help, if you're not willing to go to bat for her, if you're not willing to do what needs to happen to give her a sense of safety, security, and justice, then you got to get out of here because you're taking up a space for somebody who will do that. Right. And we need them. Yeah, not not somebody who's going to stand here and try to get out of doing work, right? Yeah, I, I'll get dirty for that lady. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, rolling around whatever. It is. But but that's the thing is that we start. To, so so they said, "Hey, would you come back, me FDR?" I said, "Certainly, I will." They go, "Okay, well, um, you know, all you need to do is apply." And then you'll have the interviews and this and that. I said, wait, what, what, what are you talking about? They said, well, to be an FTO. I said, no, I, I still got my, my name tag that says field training officer. On. I I'm right. not, I, w- I never left the, tra- the, the department. The, yeah. They said, oh, but, you know, you have to go back through the process and application. I said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I, being an FTO is not for me because I know how to do the job well. Right. This is for these new officers coming in yeah. so that they know how to do the job. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and go through an application process and every process with somebody who's been a cop for three years mm-hmm. and I'm going on 16 right. and they're going to try to you know, tell me right. whether or not I should be a trainer. I go, I train around the country. I said, I go into places in a week and these people listen to me. They've never seen me before, but you're going to tell me after <laughs> 16 years in this agency that you're going to make me reapply to be a trainer because you're not sure if I can be a trainer. And you're going to evaluate me? A three-year cop is going to evaluate me?
3: No, oh, jeez.
0: Yeah. I said,
1: hey, man, I don't, I don't need this. Right. It's that. Is that, that when you left the department? No, that's when I just decided I don't need to be a training officer. Right. And then it was about a year, year and a half after that that I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm good. The agency no longer reflects me. Right. And we don't, we don't share the same values. It's time to go. There's probably a story there. <laughs> There's several. <laughs> but... You know, next time, yeah, we'll do this again, man. Like well, I hopefully said, though, not for hopefully for good reasons. Well, you know, my thing is this: is I believe there needs to be education. Yes, and and I believe there needs to be. I I tell police officers now, I, I develop my course, I do this, I, I, so I get to say what I want, right? Yeah, and so I tell them, I say, the role of policing, the role of policing, is to create, build, foster, and maintain positive relationships with the community. That's the role. How we do it is holding people accountable, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you guys have a problem with each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Chad, you, you beat up DeAndre's car. Mm-hmm. You gotta be held accountable. Right. I wanna, I'm, my job, my, my role, my focus, goal, is to repair this relationship, if it can be, mm-hmm. right? But we do it by holding you accountable, because if, if you're not accountable, he's mad. Right. He's never gonna be okay with it. Okay. And so if you and then if you decide I take responsibility, I'm sorry, I'll pay for the damage, I'll do this stuff. Now we start to mend those relationships. Yeah. Right? The law. Hey, you can't just blow through red lights. You can't blow through a stop right. sign. You'll right. hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. We have a law for that. Ah, screw the law. Okay, here's your ticket. Oh wow, that's expensive. That sucks. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but you know how you avoid that hundred fifty dollar ticket? Yeah. Stop at the fucking stop. red light. <laughs> yeah, stop for a second. <laughs> yeah. We're asking you to take a second out of your day, right? right. And so it's, it's that relationship with the law. Yeah. And how I do it as a police officer with people with the law is, I'm the physical embodiment personification of the law. Right? Mm-hmm. I am. sure I'm a representative of the law. And so if, if I establish a positive relationship with a community member, they're more likely to co- be voluntarily compliant with the law because they respect me as the embodiment of the law. Mm-hmm. You can't respect a law. It's it's a, like words on abstract. A paper. Right. It's words on a paper. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But if I can impress upon you why it's important as a community, yeah, that we all follow these laws, right? Right. What have we just done with relationships now? I make I make our relationship better, plus I make your relationship with somebody else better. Mm-hmm. Now you don't go demanding your rights as we say now, mm-hmm. which they're not half the shit we demand aren't rights anyway. Right. It's just mm-hmm. my perspective, right? Right. I just want my shit. Right. Yeah. And and I'll even take some of your shit too, right? <laughs> right. But but that's the whole thing is that that we we don't do that. And, and to me, police officers, that's your role.
3: Mm. But
1: see, your role is not to write tickets. That's a, that's a a function. That's that's how you satisfy your role. Yeah, and and if and I say if you look at that like everything you do is trying to create positive relationships, then you're going to take time with people. I'm going to take time to explain to you why you shouldn't speed. Right, and, I, and and I'm not looking at it like I'm pissed. Well, of course you should know. Maybe maybe this person doesn't. Right. Maybe they don't understand it. You know, my big thing is always if I want somebody to see my th- my my view on things my side of the street, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to come over to my side of the street. But mm-hmm. well, like you said, DeAndre said, well, I'm not talking to you. All right. Well, here I come DeAndre. I'm coming <laughs> over. Right. I'm coming across right. the street. Right. But we'd say, oh, meet me halfway. No. What if he doesn't know how to step off a curb? Yeah.
0: Right? We're beyond that at this point too. Like, you know, uh, there's just been too many instances. Yeah. You know, George Floyd's just the latest. As halfway. Halfway earlier, is not. Right
1: you can't go halfway. Yeah. I got to walk across the street, and I got to take the time to let him know that, hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to disrespect you. I'm not going to do this. Here's what I'm doing. I'm, I want to build a positive relationship because this side of the street, you're walking in the shade. There's ice. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. snow, right? It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. My side of the street is sunny. It's nice. It's warm. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, no, man, I'm comfortable with this because... I don't trust your side of the street. I've never been over there. Okay, great. Let's walk and talk. Let's establish a relationship. We get down to the corner. I go, this is a safe place to, to cross right here. It's a light. Wait with me. Wait till we get the correct light. Okay, now we can walk safely across the street. If he trusts me at that point, we walk across the street. He gets over there. It's warm. He's like, wow, I'm not going to slip and fall. This is great. Fantastic. right? I, I can take this big, heavy coat off. Get right. some sun, some vitamin D, whatever it is. I start to nourish my body. It's better over here. Right. But because...
0: You have, to, you have to build that bridge you, and bring the people to that, to that place. you
1: got to. And if yeah. you're not... Like I say, if you're not willing to, as law enforcement officer, if you're not willing to go that far... Yeah. If you're not willing to walk all the way across the street,
3: please... Then you're
0: doing the wrong job. You are. Go do something else. Please Go join do. the damn army or something. Please do. Whatever you want to do.
1: Well, but that's it. You can't be you can't be in that role if you're not going to fulfill it.
0: Yeah. I think there is a systemic problem of like the, the militarization of our police departments is, Mm -hmm. it has been happening for 20, 30 years at this point. And, and I think that's a big part of the problem. I think, um, you know, I was talking to my buddy who was a former, who was, uh, in, in the army and served in Iraq and so many of his friends, are police officers now because they're recruiting from? You know, they learn, they're trained, they know, they know weapons, they know, uh, you know, uh, like tactical, uh, you know, hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that. So these people, you know, these departments, these gung ho uh, folks that are running these departments, you know, they're trying to bring in those type of people, um, and that's when you start getting an adversarial relationship. And then you've got, you know, and and the really fucking scary thing about the moment we're in right now is that every single um, president that we've ever had, and we've had some bad ones and some good ones throughout the years, would have tried to defuse this situation, would have tried to bring people together. And now we have a leader at the top that tries to not even a leader Thank you. <laughs> who, who tries right. to drive a wedge so. further and divide people. And frankly, uh-huh. that's why I'm worried about the state of our country. Yeah. That's why I'm worried about where we're going. And, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, uh, everything is so fractured and everyone only sees things from their perspective. And, mm-hmm. you know, the algorithms only show you things mm-hmm. that are going to make you happy and confirm your, 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 your viewpoint that you already held and that's a dangerous mm-hmm. when you got a lead, when you got a quote unquote leader who's trying to deepen those divides. Um the person you know, in leadership position. Yeah, exactly. Quote unquote, Yeah, yeah. that quote unquote the, the position
1: is a leadership yeah. position. Right. It yeah. is. Yeah. And he yeah. is there. Pretty much yeah.
0: the the leadership position. But as a matter of fact. Right. He is not a leader. But, but then this right. this guy is fucking gassing people yeah. To go have a photo op in front of a mm-hmm. freaking church, um, you know I, I'm really nervous, you know, about where the country is going, and and I think that for me the scary thing is is that everything's so fractured now that even even the 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 sort of non centrist progressive left wing. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, isn't even happy or is so mm-hmm. freaked out by like the, the sort of centrist Joe Biden alternative mm-hmm. to Donald Trump that listen, I get it. Like, you know, Joe Biden was not my first candidate. He was, it was be my second, that I will probably not even my third, mm-hmm. but to set up a false equivalency between a Joe Biden Don't. and a Donald Trump is fucking ridiculous because you on one side, you've got a guy who equates people protesting against Nazis Mm -hmm. as equal to actual fucking Nazis. Um, And on the other side, you've got a guy who's, for example, we've been talking a lot about race and and those kind of police and race relations, uh, you know, who fought for and got civil rights laws passed. Mm-hmm. who's literally at an impact and yet people are like well i don't know he's just another old white guy or okay. you know maybe some you know which i get it like that, right. that's not ideal but uh maybe for a lot of people like we don't want to see we don't, no one really wants to vote for another old white guy but but then the less like um if
2: we don't make a change oh. we're heading to, toward a scary place and here's the thing though, Chad, is all we know is what we see mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Even though he's in a leadership position, that's not the top position. There's a lot going on behind that closed curtain. All we know is what we see. And yeah. that's our perception of that man. I haven't been in the same room. Who Donald Trump, Trump you're talking about? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All I know is what I see. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So Well, you know what
0: he says too, and that's the then the shit he says is fucked up enough. So right. you should be
2: able to judge about that. But who's to not say it's part of a bigger agenda? We forgot all yeah. about coronavirus.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. I think the media was kind of getting everyone's sense that everyone was sick of hearing the, the bad news about the terrible, you know, and horrible coronavirus and how much it affected our society. So now there's, oh my God, there's something else to talk about. Let's focus on that for a while. Um, I mean, you know, the people I would say though, like the people who know people that died, didn't forget about it. You know,
1: and, here's one of the things I, I like to say is that that you know, I, I see people and in my in my almost 30 years in law enforcement, is you know, uh, I see people say, you know, there's an agenda here, or that this happening here, and there's all these things different happening like that, and 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 I'm kind of here to tell you that. Um, having been in the public sector for three decades, uh-huh. there's no organization of uh-huh. any sort of deep seated thing going on. They can't even get shit together to get basic shit happening so
0: so you're saying the like the people that say like, oh, he's just a figurehead and no no, no, they yeah, they,
1: yeah, on that level he's he's running things the way he thinks can be run. Nobody's right. nobody's in his ear ear other than the the twelve percent that he thinks he needs to get reelected. Right, right. that's the only people that he's worrying about. Mm-hmm. But but oh. my point being is that like you know people say oh you know um, there's some organizational thing with policing to do x y z, and and I'm like no there's not
0: like a conspiracy the, no, like everyone's working together, Illuminati type shit. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah like there's some organized yeah. new world order type of thing. I go. No, cause this agency over here, yeah. this, this sheriff's office that runs this county, they don't get along with the city agencies oh, yeah. in their city, in For their sure. area. Yeah, <coughs> So it's so like, there's, there's, yeah, I there's think not was, an organizational thing. Yeah, right. What, what has happened is it's just the degradation of relationships mm-hmm. uh, and, and, Trust me, man, I sit and I think about this and I look at it from all these different directions, like, okay, let me let me go with this, let me go with this organized thing. So I'm over here in New Jersey and I'm talking to New Jersey cops and they don't have shit idea of what's happening in Ohio. Yeah. They don't have shit idea of what's happening in, in I'll say it to them. I'll go, hey, so like that one case where the uh, officer shot this one person like that, and they're like, What what was that? Right. And I'll go, You didn't know about it, the one over here in Arizona where he did no. this? And they're like, Nah, man. And and so it's like yeah. you know, to try to say that that, mm-hmm. that there's some kind of networking going on, yeah, it's just even even with social media, there's not. Well that's the scary part, is like uh I agree,
0: I don't I'm not a big conspiracy guy. I do think that I think the you know, I've already said this on the podcast, but the real conspiracies are obvious. It's like yeah. um, you know, everyone wants to attach like, oh you know, there's this, you know, Kabbalah of like famous people running everything, da da da. No fucking corporations run our government. Yeah, it's It's, right. It's fucking there. It's simple. They, they hire lobbyists, they (laughs) get laws passed based on what they want to do. There's a, there's all the evidence is there and you know, and, 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 and so there's not, there's no need to make up some other stuff. It's too simple. It's too simple. And it's just like, it it, sounds great. Like it sounds like you got to think things are so fucked up. People look for a good explanation and I get that. But, um, but the
1: the reality is so simple that if you maybe. try if you try to go for this big convoluted thing yeah you miss that oh it's it's as simple as yeah. we got money and we want to make more and i'm not saying that like there isn't maybe
0: 100 or 200 really uber rich people that do hang out and probably like you know clue oh, trade and all yep. that bullshit Influence. i don't know i don't know how super organized they are but i know they're all part of the same corporate mm-hmm. mentality that's been trying to control the government for a long yeah. time. Let's just put it that. Well, way. it's not like
1: this whole Rothschild thing and all this stuff. I can't yeah, get behind but... that cuz it's like like I said, I've been a, been in the public sector long enough to know that they can't even coordinate yeah. simple shit, let alone try that's to That's why do some I hate that bullshit, crazy that network. fucking line about
0: deep state and no, all no, that, no. that that the Trump tries, no. tries to pass we, off. You know that deep state bullshit? That here's the real thing. The whole reason behind that is actually not. It's first of all, he's trying to degrade our institutions mm-hmm, and our mm-hmm. constitutional norms, mm-hmm. and it's also about consolidating power. Power, oh, yeah. because you know when there's hundreds of positions mm-hmm. in a particular department, mm-hmm. those positions existed for a reason. Those yeah. people solve problems every day of the Checks week. Checks and balances. And guess what? When you have when you don't have people in there, and then he can go in and put his henchmen in those positions. And, and then the next thing you know, guess what? Power's mm-hmm. been consolidated to take over large swaths mm-hmm. of the government. You have, uh, you, 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 you have less people that, that are barriers to, to him oh, yeah. doing that. And make no mistake, dude wants to be a dictator. Oh, yeah. Trump
2: does. But it's not just him. You just spoke on it as yeah. far as organization. You see what I'm saying? Well, That's I mean, just, like, yeah. No, I think that he, he has the, a— He used yeah. the key word, Simple. It'd be too simple to even blame one man to be able to dictate and control everything. Sure, there's got to be multiple parts yeah. to this picture. That the behind the scenes that you're speaking on as far as systems. Last time that I checked, mm-hmm. Donald Trump president or not, there was unarmed black men getting killed. The only difference now is it's on Facebook Live. You see what yeah. I'm saying? The sure. officers are getting arrested, right? Bailed out, acquitted. Oh my god, I know. Well gone. So and, and, and that system and she, is always there. So I'm always I'm always gonna speak on because I'm in I I'm in the mud with the people. You see what I mean? For sure. I'm a man of the people. I'm speaking on a legitimate fear from this side yeah. of America as well. The same oh, yeah. the same fear that those officers that are not from that neighborhood start to have when they enter those neighborhoods. I think there's fear that's existing on both sides. So you're gonna have that level of thinking that's gonna go left.
0: Absolutely. And when you're under fire and you are oppressed. And, yes. and, you know, people are treating you differently for reasons that they shouldn't be treating you differently, whatever they may be, obviously race is a huge one. Um, then you are going to view those people as the other people. Okay. Right. And to Mark's point, it's there, it's on them now because they, they fucked up and, and especially in the, in the, you know, as it relates to the plight of black people in America, it's, it was fucking baked in from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, the racism is the scar on that shining, perfect vision of America. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's why so many fucking deluded ass conservatives. Um, that's why they don't, they don't want to talk about it. That's why they don't want to confront it. They're in the mindset of like, Oh, well that was in the past and yeah. I didn't do anything. Right. Or I'm not a racist. And it's like, well, you know, and so and so they, you know, it's not me. That was, you know, that was a hundred years ago. Yep. But they have no idea what the experience of yep. someone who who grows up in that situation, you know.
1: The, the thing, what you got in CPU CPO, and I, and I bring this to to police officers, right? Cause of, because because Valley, right, my wife. So she's being quantum physics. She's a yoga instructor. She does all this stuff. She's a healing. She's she was an okay. officer for ten years too, right? So. So, we don't, we don't realize about this whole energy field, right? Morphic energy field, that, that it's just it's, it's an accumulation of energy over time. And there's all these different morphic energy fields. And when I'm talking with police officers, I'm saying that, that's why, like, you come into law enforcement, you're not starting at zero, mm-hmm. you're starting with all the experiences all the energy, all the knowledge that came before you in law enforcement. Of course. It's in this yeah. like little umbrella field and you're accessing mm. it because of your involvement. Yeah. Right? And so there's all these different fields. So you say, okay, um if you are, you know, and, and they break down into the I little think I get things. what you mean. Like yeah. you
0: can't see it's like trying to um see your own eyes without yeah, a mirror, you yeah. know you can't. you can't see your or face. bite your own teeth you can't you know? see your face right right so 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 but you believe you mm-hmm. believe that you have especially i think in this era where we're also connected <laughs> like we believe like oh like i see it all i see everything yeah. i see the big yeah. picture yeah. of yeah. what's going on i know here. everything and i understand his experience and her experience yeah. and their Whatever. experience because i see this but that's a fallacy, Because I read right? a story on Facebook, right? right? And that's a fallacy, it is. though. Because we know <laughs> these algorithms are trying to sell us yeah. shit, frankly. Yeah. And that's coming from a marketer. So oh, yeah. no, I'm going to be straight with you. People are trying to sell you shit. So they figured out what you like and what you're into. And guess what? It doesn't just apply to some product or service that somebody wants you to buy. It applies to the type of shit that shows up in your feed yep. in terms of the news stories that you read. Mm-hmm. The kind of content that gets funneled to you. Your way, you know, and then that's it's this snowball effect of like everyone adding up and adding up and having up, and before you know it, we're all sitting in our, in our siloed corners thinking, No, 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 there are a bunch of whiners over there. They're mm-hmm. you know, this is that was 400 years or yep. you know, 200 years ago or whatever yep. it was, and then you know, the other people over there, no, like we're still dealing with this, mm-hmm. shit you yep. know, yep, and it's 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 uh, you know, you're right, somebody. And that's just, frankly, it's not even somebody. It's great leaders. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. go and they they bring people together. They make people see other perspectives. It's the and acknowledgement,
1: it's, right? Yeah. The acknowledgement of me saying, Hey, I don't know what you've experienced, but I'm not gonna invalidate you. I'm gonna acknowledge that your experience is real. Yeah. Right? And it's valid. Yeah. That's all I gotta do, right? That's all I gotta do. It's it's like um, uh, you go to all this. So, so I'm sitting here looking at a deal the other day, and I've, I've seen twice. It was, one of them was Martin Luther King's son, and one was his daughter. And they say, you know, my father would support these protests going on. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people came after that telling them, your father would never support this, mm-hmm. your father would be against this? And I got into a thing with the little person. I don't get, I don't get into it. I don't argue with yeah, people, yeah, right? True. I, I just inform them and then say, hey, I'm not trying to change your mind because I can't change your mind. Only you can do that. Mm-hmm. But but I said, I go, how arrogant is it of you to believe that you know more about Dr. King than his son right. would know? Yeah. And you, what's amazing is because we've built up this this uh, in for the for lack of a better term, Eurocentric uh belief of superiority and knowledge and everything that everybody else is subordinate. Right. And that this person then wanted to come back. Well, it's not that, and you know what this person actually said, what you don't realize, what, what I didn't realize Mm -hmm. is that Dr. King's son, because of his father being murdered by a racist, might have a uh, have a skewed vision or a skewed view <laughs> of reality. Jeez, Do you, can you believe that? Yeah. that that this person said that? I don't realize that Dr. King's <laughs> son has a skewed view of reality. May have skewed. I said, oh, so apparently you're a psychiatrist, right, right? And you, can, or a di- di- you yeah. can diagnose over the internet. It's in his mind and right? understands his, this other person's But but you see yeah. though, and and that's and that's the whole thing when we and i am trying... My biggest thing, I tell authors officers this in my classes, I say, be a student of people. Mm. Be a student of people. Yeah. Look at people and listen to them, what they say, how they say it, because that's important to know what perspective they're coming from. right? Sure. And so if I look at a person like that and I'm like, wow, okay. I don't get angry with them. I don't get mad at them or anything like that. I go, I say, like today, somebody made a comment. And I said, if, if you're going to, to discount uh, General Mattis, mm-hmm. that man is, he is character, integrity, and accountability yeah. personified. Right. Okay? That's where
0: we are in fucking America.
1: And, and, A five-star uh, general, I believe. And uh, if you're going to discount him? Yeah. And, or, or last week you were for him. But now, because he came out against your boy Trump, now you're against him. Yeah. And I, I said, that's some bullshit. And I saw that. You know, we're in a fucked up society
0: if that's going on.
1: And I, I still so, told people, like I said, if you're going to discount this man in favor of this other man, I have compassion for you. Because I need to have compassion for you. Mm-hmm. Because you need compassion. <laughs> because, because you've been prop- propagandized. Yeah, and that, and, that, and that's, that's my thing. Happen. Not hate you. I don't hate you. Right. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. I have compassion for you. Yeah. Because I need to. And it's, it's like I think you brought it up. You mentioned love. What well, you earlier threw it in there. I don't know if you, even, but that's what we have to have. Yeah. And and the whole yeah. thing about it is is that all we want to do now is assert our position, like you said, our perspective, my perspective, because it's all annoying. because I go on the internet every day. Yeah. And it's like, good, I don't need your perspective. I just need your love. Right. That's all. Yeah. Or I look at somebody and say, you don't need my, my opinion. You just need my love and support. Yeah. Right. And, and I look at a lot police officers and that's one of the things like, you know, you were talking about the training, you were talking about the equipment, the militarization and everything. I said, you guys have got to stop using the term warrior. Right. You have got to stop using war on whatever. Right. Because now what we do is everything we do is an either or. You're either a police officer or you're not. And yeah, so if you're a, either
0: with us or you against right? us. Right. <laughs> and so,
1: well, and so, yeah. like you said, it, if, if it's if, a war, that's a war's upsides, right? You got, so. you got these people coming back. We've got 20 years of war going on, and they're coming back and they're getting in law enforcement. What's familiar to them? War. And right. if we don't, if we don't recondition them, I mean, I'm going to put this out here right now. I'm a hundred percent supporter of law enforcement. I, I, if, if you want to start just blanket, you know, motherfucking law enforcement, we're done. Right. I, I can't really talk to you. Sure. You can say, I have problems with law enforcement and I will agree with you. Yeah. But if you say all cops, like, like people on my feet, you know. Fuck all cops. Okay, right. thanks. I was one. I know great police officers. Sure. Please, when you're saying that, you can't say fuck no. all anything.
0: You can't. When I, are people gonna fucking get it? And that's you can't do it. Right? Anything. I don't care if it's chickens no. or fucking you know Native Americans. Nothing. Any you know it's just ridiculous.
1: Ford. If, right. if you used to say all Ford suck, you know right? Right. right. But but I mean, but that's my point. Is that it's like people say that I'm a hundred percent supporter of law enforcement. I'm a hundred percent supporter of the public of citizens. I'm a police community activist. I, I'm an activist for police and I'm an activist for community because the police are part of the community. Once we separated that out, like I said, once we put the sheet dogs up on the hill, mm-hmm. that's when we started causing problems. And, and you know, people all want to say, oh, you know, uh, you know, UK law enforcement is so much better, you know, English police, British police. All right, why? Well, because they don't have guns. I'm going to tell you right now, they don't have guns. So you've got to talk to people better. Yeah. You have to interact with them better. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more and less guns
0: and, that's, and not, and gonna know, that's, that's not, not, not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen.
1: And and here's my point is that is that we have to go back to teaching our officers what their position is, what their function is, yeah. what their role is. Yeah. Is it's a guardian. Right. It's not a war. We're not at war. And I tell people I remind people in my classes all the time, I go, I go, you're not warriors who's, who's been in war and dudes will raise their hand, right? Cause they're the soldiers. And I say, is what you're doing, does Anything what you're doing like on a daily basis yeah. look like when you're over there? right <laughs> Excuse me. And they're like, Oh no, no. I go, okay. And I tell them, tell your other say, officers, that's exactly right. I tell them you have to be the ones to say, yeah. this is not the same. Yeah. You, you know, you have a perspective mm-hmm. that needs to be shared and, it, and I go right back to the beginning when I say it's up to those officers to do little guerrilla movements, guerrilla activity, to increase community. Right. And, and whether it's talking with a fellow officer or whether it's talking with a person who you identify in the community, because I did that when I worked. I'd identify people in the community. I'd be like, you need to be yeah. a police officer. You need to be there. Yeah. How can I talk you
2: into that? Yeah, but you know what? You're you. You uh-huh. see what I'm yep. saying? You're one in a million. Yes, I am. Shout Thank out to Chad you. for finding the needle in the haystack. Yeah, I I yeah well exactly. my saying. But mommy, the good thing is he's out
0: there you. trying to teach
2: yeah.
3: and and and, and yeah.
0: spread his word. And that's why I wanted to have you yeah. on, because, you know, obviously, um I want to be sensitive to both sides of this equation. But right now, frankly, um it's the it is law enforcement that has issues that it has to oh, deal yeah. with on its own. I'll let you speak on what you're gonna
2: say though. You said at the top of the conversation, heart and mind connection. You mm-hmm. got a good heart. You can't teach that. You're correct. You're correct.
0: But you can hire for that. Yes. I
1: think <laughs> yes. that's yes. what it's pointing. You know, right, no, no, I'm with that. No, yeah. you know, I'll take that. No, and that yeah. and that's very true. You 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 can't really teach that, but you can look to hire that. Right. And and the and it's, as I told people, yeah, yeah. I tell people all the time, I tell them, please, please don't give up on law enforcement. Please don't give up on policing because there's there's movements now to defund departments and, and put the money somewhere else. I'm like, don't do that. You don't know what kind of trouble that's going to cause. Yeah. And, and I hear you. The kids aren't playing well with their toys. So you want to take their toys. <laughs> I got it. I got no, I got it right. I, I trust me. I try to I, I'm big on analogies. I'm big on trying to yeah, put yeah, things so yeah, that yeah. people understand yes. them. Right. Yeah. It's like the kids are not being responsible with their toys. so We're going to take their toys. Yeah. But how are the kids going to learn? What they need is they need somebody to teach them how, how to play with the toys. They, teach, they need somebody how to be respectful to each other so that they can share the toys, right? Yeah. And, and that's what we need to do. So I tell the public, I say, please don't give up on law enforcement. You have, you have some incredible people out there really working hard every day. You have a couple people who are really trying to fuck that up. They're Man. working to fuck that up. Yeah. Don't Man. let them win, right? Man. Focus. It's it's like the the it's like Mr. Rogers. But who are you talking to though? That's the thing. Like, are Everybody. you talking to the police chiefs? About, are you talking
0: oh, to the sheriffs? I try because when I who, get the opportunity. No, but I know you are. Oh, yeah. But I mean, right now, when you say that, oh, I assume you're talking like that's inside baseball. You're talking to inside law enforcement. yeah, and maybe politicians
1: that well, are, like funding that and stuff like that. But correct. I'm telling the public, don't give up on us. Okay. Don't give up on well, policing. Please here's don't.
0: what the public is saying back.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in the public
0: you know here's what the public is saying back like you know um yep we feel attacked you know we feel under fire you know and i you know i'm not gonna even expand upon that because i i don't i don't feel that you know i have Mm -hmm. had some bad experiences but nothing
1: like you know nothing like anybody else. and i would say i understand that i agree with that Yeah. still please don't give up because if you give up I don't think there's any give. I mean, what no, would no. happen if we gave up? Exactly. Do no, you no, their
3: the relationship that is would the be
0: point. more fractured. Yeah. yeah. What's the alternative? Yeah. yeah. What's exact? No. <laughs> well, because like the politicians, <laughs> oh, the there's the the the, the you know, a certain segment of those politicians, they want to funnel more money into place. Their answer yeah, to one. their answer to uh you know um protest is tear gas. Oh yeah, and yeah, 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 smacking people around yeah. and shooting. I mean, my friend Mike is up there hanging out, just checking things out. Standing back, you know, he's got a bruise like the size of a silver dollar on his arm mm-hmm. from a roller,
3: rubber yep. bullet. You know,
0: I, you got a guy who, you know, I, I don't know the whole story, but because he, I mean, he didn't know, but some guy pulls up and, you know, has a woman on the other side of his vehicle, pregnant, his, his, his girlfriend or wife or whatever, on the other side of his vehicle, pregnant, and gets out of his car and gets sprayed by like hundreds mm-hmm. of, of rubber bullets like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was screaming maybe he was no, acting no. crazy no no
1: we we have to do another show on on police tactics and stuff like that yeah man, we do. i wouldn't yeah. address the rubber because yeah, we're getting up to but,
0: we're almost two hours in man hey hey wow, but, that, but you know what
1: organic yeah yeah but here's the thing the reason i say don't give up on the police because if you look at their activities out there right and i'm coming as a trainer i i train basic and advanced police tactics yeah. i train swat tactics I train uh, um, active shooter response. I train less lethal response. I train mobile field force, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff that they're doing down here. Yeah. And I'm looking at their tactics. I'm looking at the way they're doing things. And I'm saying, me, as a trainer, saying, these police officers are just as confused and scared mm-hmm. as the public. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the danger. Yeah. That's the danger. When people
0: are afraid... They start to do stupid. They shit. They
1: act out. Yeah, and so and and so when you're sitting there, what what the public, rightfully so, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a public activist too, right? I know you are. Is is that that when the public sees a a police officer in there hitting people with baton rounds, hitting yeah. them with pepper balls, mm-hmm. spraying them like this, car driving through an intersection, that spraying, erodes that relationship, right? They see they see oppressive. Guard dogs of the corporation, right? Mm-hmm. right, right rightfully so, because it mm-hmm. looks like that, because there's no relationship yeah, 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 established. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no relationship. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: But what I see huh. as a trainer yeah. is I see a confused police officer who has no idea and no understanding what they are doing at that spot in that time with the equipment that they've been given. Yeah. Right? They have no understanding of that. And that's a problem. That's a problem that the police have to
0: correct because we can't correct that for them. They just, all they got to do
1: is hire me. Yeah, right. Right, Exactly. I guess that's why
0: your business exists, right? right? Yeah. He
2: said accountability.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Accountability. Right. What the problem is, is that I'm sure, and I agree with you, like, you know, obviously we have that police until we can get to a state of pure, like, you know, bliss and stuff where people don't break laws and treat each other with respect all the time. Not likely, um, but for a while, um, but let's not generation, up hope, I guess, yeah, um, um, you know,, uh, uh, you know, until then, it is on the police departments to reach out and get that help and understand that we have a problem, and then and uh, you know, without black people dying to 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 get this conversation started, you yes. know what I mean? like, yes. can we just all fucking acknowledge that there is a systemic problem? that we need to solve and so hire mark and then onyx <laughs> training group yeah. or and 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 probably a few you know maybe there's there, other oh, there, people there
1: out there who are some good stuff right but yeah like i mean Here, here's my thing and I, I go to like i see people you know i hear people listen to people influencers whatever um and they say they say i don't even care if the problem is mine i take it it's my fault all right, let's get on to now to the solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, and where, so that's where I'm at too. The problem, the problem in law enforcement is is, as I said, so so the public says you are this way. And law enforcement goes, defense. No, we put our life on the line. Whatever. And I tell cops, I said, you realize that on the most dangerous jobs, police officers like 16 or 17, right? Wow. Construction worker. Is more dangerous than a police officer, mm-hmm. and so so I say so. The public doesn't un- buy that. Right. I don't buy it. Yeah. I did the job. <laughs> I, I've been shot at. Right. I've been assaulted. It's dangerous, it, but and, you do have a gun to defend yourself. It, well, <laughs> the, well the thing is, you no, you have your brain. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. You have your decision-making ability yeah, to right. defend. yourself. But I'm just saying, right. like a
0: construction right. guy doesn't have a no. gun to defend himself no, no. from
1: well, the, the dude the above him who
0: drops a hammer the, from five the thing stories. It, and
1: fair enough that when police officers are are injured or killed. Most likely, it's a direct intentional assault on them. Most right. of the time, right. they die and they also die in traffic accidents and things like that. Sure. But for the most part, in construction work, it's not because two construction workers are fighting it out, right? right? They aren't hitting each other with hammers. It's because you fell off of a, a second story, or whatever right. it is, right? So, but the thing about it is, is my thing is, that's fantastic. The public wants to say that you guys are responsible. Fine, take it on. You don't believe that? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Because what's happening is we're stuck in this spot right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. we're stuck in this tug of war of ascribing blame. I don't care. Well, if, they, if people would just stop committing crimes, please. Really? Yeah. I, I said that's, yeah. dumb, that's the dumbest right. thing you it's can think happened. of saying. Yeah. So so why don't you just go? Hey, you know what? I'm going to sit back. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to acknowledge what you just said to me. You said I'm a problem. Okay, let me look at that. Yeah, I'm going to take that on. I'm a right. problem
0: again. They're the
1: pros. You're the pros, right? right? And so now let's dissect this and let's look at it for a minute. All right, maybe they said 10 different things and 7 of them are from their perspective they aren't really true. Mm-hmm. But the 3 that we're doing have a huge impact. Right. Right? Yeah. So what can we do about those 3? Okay, if we do, if we solve those 3, mm-hmm. suddenly the other 7 disappear. Right. And we yeah. haven't even done anything. Right. right? You know how it goes. Sure. Absolutely,
0: and there's perceived problems, and then there's real problems. Because
1: it's relationships, yeah, right. It's relationships. If you have a relationship with somebody, and you you have a list of ten things that they do that you think suck, and and you tell, and they fix like two of them, suddenly those other eight don't matter, right? Right. But but we sit there and we go, oh shit. There's a list of ten. Screw it. I'm not doing any one. (laughs) Right. It's too big. Too big. Let's, yeah one,
0: one you know one thing at a time right. Yeah, figure out one thing, take yeah. that first step. It's all about that. Oh God, for sure. let's
1: let's stop ascribing blame, and being the professionals, being the ones who are well equipped.
3: Mm.
1: Let's stop and go. All right, what can we do to make the change? What do you need from us? We need trust. But first. No. I gotta know you, <laughs> yeah. Then I gotta like you, right? Then I'll trust you. Yeah. Oh shit, that's a that's a road. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It
0: is. It is. It's a so path. get so like you said, police police officers and police departments and 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 sheriff's departments obviously law enforcement yeah. generally has to make that first step. Just take, it has it. To so, take that
2: responsibility. That's the only way we yeah. change that narrative. Yeah, yeah. just WNC-ing. take it.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Because because to me, yeah. Like I posted, the effort is hard and the road is long, but the reward is so great. Yeah. The reward is so great. Right? Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so
0: much for joining us. This has been an incredible discussion. I appreciate your time and your perspective. You know, Um, it's not every day that I, well, honestly, I wish more. Law enforcement officers had the perspective you do, so I'm glad you're out I there doing the work you're doing. We're trying to help I you spread too. the word so you get yeah. more no. so you so literally spread the word and, and make the world a better place. Um thanks for joining us today. And um, uh, you know, so DeAndre, I don't know, man, do you want to do the news? We said we we talked man, about the news uh, for we talked about the news for a little well, bit, but but man, I want to I could talk
2: to our guy here forever. Yeah. Um, I'll share one. Um, you know, it's not necessarily Um, particular news, but I do want to speak on something that's prevalent that we didn't even get a chance to speak on today as we talk about the problem, but I want to talk about the response from this problem, because that's more relevant than anything right now with the protests and the effects Mm -hmm. it's having on particularly small business owners. Mm -hmm. While protests and civil unrest continue to erupt and unfold across the country and all over the world in response to the death of George Floyd... Business owners, small ones in particular, are set to face a seemingly endless uphill battle to recover. With the COVID-19 virus still looming and businesses attempting to reopen, the protests have only added further strain to the already daunting task. As rioting, looting, and vandalism of property source, is making it extremely difficult for owners to recover full damages from insurance. As anybody knows, there's a ton of paperwork documentation and bureaucracy involved when dealing with insurance companies who resist the claims to reduce their own liability owners may or may not have specific coverage policies that property damage or theft fall under which is as a result has the potential to be the final death blow to many small business owners historically many businesses never return to areas affected by significant rioting and looting um obviously the riots have been the predominant headline i think it's said to sure. say, um this week and yeah. um I feel like you got, we kind of spoke on like historic, like historically, like how we've responded on this side. Mm. Like we feel like our hand is being forced at certain Mm. times. That's why you see that side of it. Right. But I'm breaking this down into like protests as far as you have the political and non-political protests. Yeah. I definitely
0: think there's an element, right? Whenever there's, there's, there's a certain element of society and it, and it probably, you know, spans all races, religions, creeds, all the things. Um, when there is chaos, there are opportunists within that chaos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, yes. cause the vast majority of all these protesters, I believe are peaceful. Mm-hmm. People look seeking to, to let the authorities know how they feel about the situation and that we need change. And then you've got within that, I think there's these small elements and there's even some evidence. I was reading an article the other day that, they don't even give up, like there. There's even they're concerned. There's like white supremacist elements w- who are using this opportunity to loot to get out there. But no matter where they come from, there's those opportunists that get in there. And the shame of it is, is that you know for so long, uh, and and people want to focus on that kind of piece of it. You know what I mean? And then that and then that just dilutes the larger message. Of what these people are protesting about, which is sad.
2: Right. Now, I get it
0: from a small business perspective, but you were going to say something.
2: I want to finish this statement so I can get on, you know, because this is pretty much, I want, it's going to yeah. pretty much go Crazy. right into you pretty much. I feel like you have the political and non political side of these processes. One side saying we play by the rules, the other side saying fuck the rules. Yeah. The common ground is they both want to attack the system, but they got two different mm-hmm. ways of going about it. Yes. What he just spoke on and what I just spoke on even prior to that, as far as our history in terms of how this side of America responds, as far as transcending and growing and being a catalyst for change, it's time for that side of America and the police department to initiate yeah. and take accountability. because we yeah. you've already seen so much of the other side and what's that, what's that even led to?
3: Yeah, for sure. For you know,
2: sure. Uh, here's my
1: thought on that. I've, I've, I've Okay, participated is kind of a misnomer, but I've participated in several riots. Riots, right? As a police officer. Mm-hmm. Riots and,
0: being different than protests, protests right? Protests,
1: being different than protests. Okay. I'm talking about riots. I'm okay. talking about where uh, everybody wants to clog a street after a sporting event, right? Uh, whether it's the Stanley Cup, we had the, the Super mm-hmm. Bowls, um, where, where I worked because people, 18-year-olds uh, couldn't drink alcohol legally, you know, that sort of thing, right? I'm not talking about a protest, I'm talking about a riot. Right, okay. Where they Just decide, we're gonna start throwing stuff through windows, and we're gonna start jumping on cars, and we're gonna start, and where the police are, we're standing back, and we're like, all right, you know, hey, enjoy your time, right? <laughs> no, no, like, beforehand, right? When they're all, we won the Super Bowl, we won the Super Bowl, yay, you know, right. flashing, you know, ladies flashing and everything, and this, all right, cool. But, hey, now somebody got hurt. Uh-oh, we need to go do that. Hey, you cops can't, no, we're trying to help this person who's hurt. Oh, no, we're going to do that. Then, psh, psh, okay, now the party's over, right? right? Yeah, so it, right. Because it's not a protest. Mm-hmm. It's just a party that gets out of control. And what happens when you have a party at your house when you're growing up and it gets out of control? Party's over. Yep. Everybody's got to go. Yep. Right? Hurt. That's different than a protest and exactly. And that's the problem is mm-hmm. that we are also aren't teaching our police officers how to understand those differences, and we start to say that they're creating damage. Okay, they're creating damage, not the protesters. Right. The protesters are exercising their their constitutional First rights right yeah to, for free, free speech assembly and and the redress of grievances, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. it's
1: the rioters that are now starting to have the parties over. And but, but it's huh. convenient.
3: Huh.
1: When it's convenient for us, we lump them into the same boat because now we don't have to differentiate and treat the, the protesters with any validity.
0: Right. It's, it's,
1: it can be used
0: as an excuse by yeah. the authorities yeah. to do that. And that's exactly what Trump is trying to do with it.
1: Because it's exactly.
0: easier. It's easier for him. And, I think and, he, yeah. Right. And, I think he's got other reasons, but yes, well, right, it is, I'm talking about for law broadly enforcement. Speaking, yeah, I'm right. talking about for law enforcement.
1: Sure. It's easier because now, if, if that was what you do as police officers, you identify the person causing the damage, you go grab them, and you let everybody else protest. Right. Because once you start doing this mass, Dealing with right, it's it's again going back to lumping everybody in the same boat. Yeah. and it's difficult. Trust me, it's difficult. I've been in the situation. I've been standing there on the front line. People are throwing street signs at you. They're throwing all kinds of stuff at you. But you have to say, all right, that's the problem right there. That mm. person's the problem, not all the rest of these people. Yeah, right. And and you have to have to handle it. You have to. And I get it. But you can't you. It's, it's the same thing with a police officer when you fire your weapon. You're accountable for every round. You can't fire indiscriminately. And so you get police officers. They want it, everybody wants a full automatic rifle, right, SWAT yeah, teams. Right. And you know, and we had them, and then we got a new chief, and he said, there's no reason you guys need full auto. And we're like, what are you talking about? It's cool. And, oh. and, but you know what? Once we got rid of it, you know how much we missed it? Not at Zero. All. Yeah. And we and then we became proponents of not having full auto. And so people nice. I trained with, we train around the country that you don't need full auto. And they'd be like, "Oh, but you're not going to use it because yeah, you can't again, it's not a war." You can't. <laughs> yeah. And so you can't be indiscriminate. Same thing in a mobile field force of environment, you can't be indiscriminate because now what are you doing? You're saying And and I keep trying to remind people, "No, you have protesters and you have rioters." And and I'm like, And I I want to tell the people protesting, I say, if you want to bash stuff up, bash up the police car. And the only reason I say that is because it's not the small business owner. Damn. You know? Damn. You're not ruining the small business owner's business. Yeah, flip a police car over. Okay, great. Don't flip over the delivery vehicle. You know (laughs) what I mean? The florist delivery vehicle. That's a small business owner. That's a small business owner. The police car. At least you're going to end up paying for part of that out of your taxes. Okay? But and you've got your you've got your frustrations out, but you're not because now like you said, what if these they go out of business? They just have come through this months long COVID problem, and now you do this to them. Yeah, and 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 you know, and I say it's like it's it's like double whammy for sure. Well, it's like the sugar in the in the gas tanks, right? When you look at the the environmentalists, or they go spike a tree, right? So then when a uh, you know a lumberjack comes through, they hit the spike in the the. Lay on the you know the chains on their chainsaw rips off and kills them or whatever and then you want somebody to listen to you right yeah it's like you know the small business owner that's the backbone as as you know the the president the person in the president's office right now he said it before he doesn't believe it but he says because i know i'm a small business owner small business is the backbone of america absolutely yeah and oh my god and we're hurting these people like I, you know, it's like I just, I'm like you know who's cutting onions type of thing, right? You know, yeah, yeah. You, you know you're crying. Yeah, yeah. No, you're crying. I, I sit there and I'm I'm like I get teary eyed, going, these people have put all their stuff into this, yeah. And in one five minutes, like you said, and it's some. Well, it's know, just that everyone's on such
0: the edge. Like yeah. there's so oh, yeah. many small businesses, like hanging on by their fingernails trying to survive. Yeah. And you break a window. I mean. I remember when we got our, we had to get insurance, extra insurance for these windows that we got in front of Aerosmith because, but that would be devastating. Just the deductible, yeah.
1: you know? No, it's great you did because I, I we, had, we had our laundromats here in Denver. We had our one laundromat. We had a couple windows broken out. Either people breaking in to steal stuff or whatever, or, you mm-hmm. know, drunk from bars nearby, yeah. crashing through the windows. And they just look at us and go, our insurance was like, <laughs> it's on you, man. Yeah. It's on you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, oh, okay. right. like like you made the comment about the insurance is not covering yeah. it. And I'd be like, all right. You know, and, yeah. and you're right. You know, I'm paying several hundreds of dollars to repair a
2: window. And I'm like, man, that I don't know like, that counts yeah. right now, especially yeah. right now. We all have different ways of expressing ourselves because we all experience reality differently depending mm, on how yeah. you came up. For so Sure. We're the more, this is the more level-headed table. It's the winner's yeah, circle it. right here, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's the level-headed, though. You yeah. have some people that I came up with from different neighborhoods. That's all they know is how to flip yeah. over police cars yep. or whatever. Even at that level, right? That's how they're conditioned mm-hmm. to respond. Yeah. Anything that's trying to hurt them, right. they're going to hurt them back. Me, myself, personally, I want to attack them with my mind. The only thing they're going to fear more than a black man is an educated one. You see what I'm saying? So I want to oh, utilize yeah. that and transfer that energy into something different. I box. You know this, right? Pops is setting up the heavy bag at the crib right now. Find a healthy outlet to do whatever it is you're gonna do, to where you're not crossing any lines or disrespecting. Yeah,
0: and I think you know you brought up the you know your mind, and I think you know that's where all these problems are so intertwined in America. It's education. Education is fucking key. Like we can't starve out our teachers. I mean, you got teachers making like forty grand a year who are going in debt to buy supplies for their, their kids in their class. And you got families that have been economically disparaged for, you know, an entire swaths of society that have been, um, you know, economically disparaged for, for, for decades upon decades and who are depending on, you know, free lunches and, you know, their parents got to work two jobs to survive. And if we don't, Give people the basics in our society, you're always gonna be one terrible thing away from a fracture that's gonna hurt people, it's that where more people are gonna get hurt, more businesses are gonna get hurt. Um, until we realize as a fucking country that we have to take care of people's health. You know, that's a fucking human right. Like you should not lose your house because you got a disease. So until we start educating our children equally, no matter where they are in the country, no matter what neighborhood they're in, we're gonna have problems where people don't see the way out, you know, that people yeah. can't see that path to, to being a productive member of society. Yeah. You know, if we don't work on this policing issue and those fractured relationships and take that, we're always gonna have these problems. and that yeah, that's the hard fucking shit, it's right? Work. It's fucking easy to go out and crack some heads or, you know, to do that shit. It's easy to go riot and knock mm-hmm. some shit down and get a new, whatever. Um, the hard shit is, is the, the stuff that takes, like you said, generational, mm-hmm. it takes a long time. And, and until we acknowledge that, like, look, sorry, which rich dudes and, uh, you're going to have to pay your fucking fair share so that we have a society that, that, that people don't get um, into debt. If they get sick, people can get a good education. And yes, you know, you're going to have to give, you know, a higher percentage of your goddamn income,
1: yeah, you know, yeah. you know, no, no. And, here, and you say that, you say that, but here's my thing is, and, and I come down inside, I read, I read, I read. Okay. And I, I don't read stuff j- that just confirms my biases. I read right. other things. Yes, right? sir. And, and I'll tell you this. I'll get a book just because. Huh. And I might not read it for years. But I know when I decide to read it, it's because I'm supposed to read it at that point. Because I'll listen to the it's message so cool. at that point, right? It's He's cool. Right. And and so the other day, I started a book about uh, George H.W. Bush, mm. his, his biography, okay. right? Written, written by John Meacham, who's an fabulous author, historian right? And author, right? Right, yeah. and so it's uh, it's uh, power and it's glory and power, I think it is, and and but you know you sit there and go George Bush, because I, I thought that for years I was sure. like George H.W. Right. Bush, come on man, right, rich white guy, right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what his what he was taught from the beginning, and this goes back to your whole thing of the education. If we want to solve our problem of the police in the community not being okay today, we had to start that at one year old, at two year old. It's, it's what relationships were developing. His parents, he was wealthy. He hung out with Rockefellers and all kinds of stuff oh, yeah. back in the turn of the century yeah, in 1900s. Yeah. But one of the things his, his father told him, he said, you're gonna be wealthy, you're in a wealthy environment, you're privileged. He said that, he said, you're privileged. You have the abilities to do things that many people won't. Here's the thing. You are obligated mm. to help those people yeah. who, who don't, don't have, have that same job. privilege yeah. as you. Right. And he said, yeah. you have to. Yeah. That's your obligation yeah. because of your privilege. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and so George Bush... He, he, he grew, spent his
3: life doing
0: that. He
1: did. He, yeah. a, a, and I'm reading it going, holy shit, as I look at that, because I was younger when he was in, yeah. in, you know, and everything. and A lot of and misconceptions. I, yeah. yeah and, right. and I had my, the know, media played him off as wimpy, yes.
0: which was really and weird for a dude that led the CIA and was a war hero. Exactly.
1: Like, well, who got shot down got in shot world war two yeah. and went into like, the Pacific ocean right. and had to sit in a little boat and wait to get picked up. Right. And, and, and so, but that's the thing is that you want to sit there and say things like that. And, and he, his whole process was, and, and it's based on, I go back to the founding fathers. I'm big, you know, my big thing was, right, a couple of years ago, the person who's in the presidency right now, he said, uh, I know more about the Constitution than anybody, <laughs> right? And you know you what, though? You know what, though? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't say no. I couldn't say he's full of it. Uh, because I didn't know. All oh, right. So what did I start doing? Reading the Constitution. Thank you. A lot and of re- crazy shit in there, right? And yeah, I read, you well, read it? Yeah. if you some read weird stuff in there, if you read how they got there, right, right? how they Yo. got there with it. So Man. reading the words from the founding founders. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one of their big things was wonderfully that same thing. If we have this and we have these things, we're obligated for the common good. We're right. obligated right. to do for the common yes. good. And many of them went in debt, went in hardship because they were. In Washington or Philadelphia at the time, uh, with, that was our capital, and they were working to to get our government established. They lost their farms; they went into debt right. because it was not they weren't gaining anything from it. And and because they believed in this idea of uh, a, a, public a land. Well, yeah,
0: that yeah. and and the, and an idea where we're not ruled by a ruler; we're ruled by the people. Rule of law
1: by the people. Right. And and but you know, as you look at all these things. And you look at that—that that George Bush and our country was founded on compromise, right? Founded yeah. on compromise, yeah. and and that was big for him, but it made him look wimpy, right? Because right. it wasn't all or nothing, my way or the highway. Yeah. And our founders, though, they were like that. They said we got to well, compromise. Course. And and I'm a, I'm a there I'm would
0: a, be no America without no. compromise, because frankly, the South wanted wanted you know the the Southern states wanted to keep slavery. Yep. This is why we. And that's the thing that pisses me off too. It's like I get it; they made those compromises at the time so that we could have a united country, which ultimately, obviously, led to the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, um, but and that's why I'm not a purist when it comes to the Constitution because there's a lot of fucked up shit in the Constitution. The Constitution says that uh, black people are three fifths of a human being. Well, so so that's fucked up too. They changed, and, I,
1: that, and that got, and that I mean, that got changed. changed, right? But,
0: but my point is, is that like. You know, we still have the electoral college, mm-hmm. which is fucking garbage that was created to appease those Southern states. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still affecting what happened today. Mm-hmm. The person in the white house is you like to refer to him as only right. and not using the P word for him. Um, but, uh, you know, the person in there mm-hmm. didn't win the popular vote. No, George W. Bush didn't win the popular vote in, re- in reality, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of holdovers there, but I get your point.
1: Well, yeah. but that, but that based is on compromise. compromise and we have to compromise right. if we're not going to compromise. And that's, but that's where we've gotten to the point this day is that it's got to be all or nothing. Right. If you don't get a hundred percent of it, you've lost. Yeah. If I only get 70%, you lost. And and I, I got to say this because, um, is, 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 uh, my ex father in law, he's up in uh, Laramie County. He's been there for decades, decades, decades. He's born in born in Denver, and then moved up there. And um, this man, he's conservative, right? He's conservative uh, Republican, um, but he understands what has to happen to make mm-hmm. everybody be able to be okay. right? And. He, we were talking about it one time, and he said this, and I remember this, and and all this stuff. I got to remember this for when I'm running for president. But um, he said that our government works best when after a decision is made, nobody's really happy. Right. Yeah. And in and I was like, the give little, give little, take little, give government. little, take. Yeah. Nobody's man. really happy. Everybody's right. like, ah. but that's when you go. That's probably the best decision for everybody. Yeah. For everybody.
2: I got you. I
3: like that. All
0: right. Well, that's a good, this has been an amazing episode. Mark, thank that's you for joining us. I'm Chad
2: Coleman, founder of Smith. This has been Live from the Vault. Yeah, right you already know what it is. World, the hottest brand in the man And thank you for joining us. Uh,
0: stay tuned. Check out HeroSmith.com for all your needs, um, all your small business marketing needs. And uh, I just want to thank um. Uh, Pine Street Janitorial Service for our theme song. Check them out at pinetreejs.com or Spotify. That's Pine Tree Janitorial Service. And the song is called All My Complaints. All right. See you next time.